what's up? I was like, we're all sitting. Oh. I can see you guys just sitting here. Like, there's no point in waiting the ten minutes. Let's just no let's point. just go. Here we are. <sighs> make sure you battle again. Make sure you can't see my the fact that my my background isn't actually made of wood. Ah, nice. Can everybody uh, hear me? Okay. Yeah, it's my front door. Oh, nice. nice. It's good. It's good. Let's see. Well. <clears throat> hey, Phil. Yes, sir. We did oh, miss the chimp yeah. call. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Love it. Love it. I got the THP on. But I'm yeah. Oh, yep. twinsies. <laughs> this is episode 59 of Snakes and Stogies, brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Hell yeah, son. I don't have a trash can in my trash can. What are you smoking upon tonight there, Philip? I am smoking what is becoming a classic regular for me, the Jericho Hill in a Toro. Box press for your deliciousness. My first round of the eve is the Herrera Esteli Miami Edition. Oh, the red label, Lance, my friend. Lancero. The red label and the Lancero, my friend. This is a good smoke. And then the backup, good old Neanderthal HN. Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Um, so we're joined by our buddy Paul McIntyre. Yeah, we are. So we're going to talk some Venomous. I think we're going to oh, probably, yeah. we're going to complain and bitch. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think, I don't want to name names or anything like that. We're, like, we're going right into this. But, well, no, You're hold like, on. I'm just, I'm announcing like Paul. nipping this in the bud real quick or what? But, no, first off, if you're in the Snakes and Stogies Facebook group, you need to be. Uh, we have an awesome raffle going on right now that is only going on for four more days. That raffle includes this cigar ashtray, car ashtray, I should say. Which, for anyone who thinks, oh, I smoke in the car, I don't need a cigar ashtray, you oh, do. You, do. you 100% do. Because okay. the minute you smoke a cigar that you actually care about while on a good drive... Or better yet, you're in traffic and you have to stop and such. You need a place to actually put it so you can be hands-free. A very nice Calibri V-cutter. This is the rose gold one. These are awesome. You put your finger, love it. put your finger tip in there. It'll make your pee hole bigger if you want it to. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I can speak from experience. Oh, that that cutter is a champion device. It is. There you go. Throwing in some some HM decals. Awesome. Then it's but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Ten count sidecar travel case, but it's not empty. It's got a Neanderthal, a Cro-Magnon Toro, an Aquitaine Toro. And a Boveda pack in the bottom. So this is like literally set and forget. Like this kit is like ready to go. Um, and these are like some of my favorite cigars from my favorite company. So 
they're Price some of my favorite as well. It's a hell of a selection. Now, uh, did did Chris provide the smokes, or is that from Beaver Tobacco? No, that is from Beaver Tobacco. Excellent. From from me. Yeah. I mean that's that's quite the uh, quite the kit. So there's a raffle going on. There's like 13 spots left in the Snakes and Stogies Facebook group. Please be 21 or older, because I ain't sending this stuff to kids. <laughs> Justin, I don't that, know if you can fix your gain or volume, but you're a little quiet on my end. I'm a little quiet. That's much better. Well, yeah, I have to like. Eat this mic. To to, to... Man, I hope somebody screenshotted that for Dominique. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it. Whatever. <laughs> She'll get it. She'll get it. And I'm so, this, Paul, are you, are you drinking with anything? a, a am I, I am, I'm drinking oh. doers. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted Justin's pairing. I'm sorry. Say that one more time, Justin. I'm just an ultra white. These actually go like freakishly well with cigars. I think like the... the it's the aspartame. The effervescence and the the high carbonation really cleanses your palate, and it's the aspartame. Maybe, yeah. It's, the it's, aspartame. Like, it's like it's like brandy and diet coke together. They yeah, sound alcohol, horrible. alcohol, and Very diet cokes of any or diet sodas of any kind just don't work. Yeah, no, no, they do. Trust me. No, diet and diet coke is phenomenal. <laughs> so don't, use right, so don't use don't so use brandy. Yeah, you can't use it on a good brandy. Yeah. Who's no. brandy? I don't know. Ooh, ooh, can I show you all the thing that Chris at Badlands or Pediculture made me? That's of our course. secret Santa thing in the group. It's sitting right here. I yeah. still have to hang it, and I feel bad. But it's awesome. Yes, Cox. Diet Dr. Pepper and Crown Royal is phenomenal. Huh. That sounds different. Wow! Look, oh, at, that. look at that! Damn! It's got it's it's got the logo. It's like yeah. water jet is what he because it's the same thing he used to make That's the cigar awesome. stands. That's and, so uh, cool. Yeah, I gotta figure out where I want to put it. Like, I don't want to put it in the garage. I want to put it in my snake room, but I don't have any wall space, so I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I'm still weighing my options. Very nice. Got the, the logo and everything. Very nice. Dope. Same, same, same guy who designed up these bad boys, which we still have some of these left. We're gonna auction them off or raffle them off in future, future raffles. So, yeah, those are cool. So, so where, where do you guys want to start? What's that? Where do you guys want to start? I mean. Kind of just wing it. <laughs> How's so, your, your week going? How was your New Year's? How was everyone's uh, New Year's? We haven't been around since before Christmas. Yeah, New Year's was awesome. Yeah, we, we had a great time. Lots of fireworks. So lots of lots of booze. It was fun. That's the way to do it. Have any yep. plans, specific plans, herp-wise, for 2021? Yeah, don't die. <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Now we're actually looking at we're looking at buying a house this year. Uh, I still got to turn all my permit stuff in so that I can get my VRC done here, and then in four or five months we'll have to do it again. So, 
What's That'll be Scott? interesting. I have a feeling Scott will chime in at some point, depending on how busy he is. Always a welcome thing. How about you guys? How was your uh, New Year? Pleasantly uneventful. Yeah, mine was the same way. I think like it was midnight hit, and it was like cool, sweet bedtime. You know. I will say this. Uh, I was uh, shocked. I don't know if it was just my observation of it, but I felt like the time from when midnight struck to like 12.30 was the blink of an eye. I almost felt like I was neuralized in Men in Black. It was very interesting. <laughs> my perception of time was a bit, a bit off. And yes, I expect pictures. That's oh boy! And by the way, hi Brad, hi Thomas, hi Gox again, hi the Puget Sound folks. We love you both, Ernie. Love it. The usual and, uh, peeps. Welcome to the group. And anyone who's new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up, everybody? So <clears throat> there was a podcast or you whatever you, what YouTube whatever it's called. Um, I didn't want to really rip on a bong at the beginning of this or flash a handgun around so that everybody can be all excited um, for no good damn reason whatsoever. Um, really? But, yeah. But I, I think, and, and I actually wrote down some things, but we, we can wing it. And just honestly, if, if you take a look at what's happened in 2020 and a lot of the different laws that are being passed. Um, Phil, you're here in Florida, so you you know as much as I do. They're they're hunting. They're hunting for everything. They're they're still looking to ban all the CSP animals. Uh, there's supposed to be a meeting in February. Well, no, it's still it's still no. It, it it's not because I got a phone yeah. and a letter, and I was told oh, okay. that if I had a brick and mortar facility that was open to the public for more than six hours a day, then I could have my CSP. Oh, well, I know a couple people up here in Orlando that, that pay pretty close attention to it. Um, and they're saying that the, the final on paper ruling will be sometime in February. I'm not sure when that meeting is, but if we, if we roll back in time, all these rules and all this stuff come from, I hate to say it this way, just straight stupidity, people doing dumb things. And we expect that when people do a dumb thing, it's not going to affect all of us. It's going to affect just that person. And it just doesn't work that way. Those laws may not happen in the state of Florida. They could come to where Justin's at. They could go up. I mean, I don't even want to say New York because New York is horrible. I was there during all the confiscations. I know how that all worked out. I know what it's like, and I know it sucks. So, but when we do stupid things and we put it on the internet for everybody to see and it never goes away, Sooner or later, those stupid things are going to hurt us. And I don't care if you do it behind the scenes and you're you're doing it, you know, off the camera and whatever. You, you want to take a bite from something like that and die? That's up to you. That's not my choice. Um, Just for but, clarity, we're talking about free handling. 
Yeah, yeah. For those that I'm sure could figure it out. Yeah. So it'd be no different than picking up a handgun. I mean, Justin, if you came over here and saw my my handgun sitting on the counter and you picked it up, it's loaded. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's one in the chamber. If you aim it at somebody and pull the trigger, they're going to die. What's the difference? You know, I mean... Well, it's also the classic thing of you can unload a handgun. Exactly. Handguns don't jump off off the counter, shoot across the room, and bite someone else. Yeah, and and, and that's... It's scary when you hear some of these guys say things like, it has no effect on anything. It does. False. The FWC officers down here watch YouTube. I know they do because I've been called out. You know, when I did when I did my unboxing of uh, my Sun Tiger retic, it was just a quick video that I posted. Uh, but my Fish and Wildlife officer called me and asked me if I had my import papers for that. So it's a whole other which is a whole other fucking thing. Oh that yeah, that's the whole concept of statewide importation, which is Kafka. Yeah, it's 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 for those that don't know what it is. It's a free permit. It takes about 14 days. All you got to do is fill it out. It's three or four lines. I'm getting this, this and this. They're coming from this person. Here's a copy. They get that takes them about two weeks and they send you back the permit. So when I first got my CSP, the first officer that I had, I asked, okay, now that I have my permit, what else do I have to do if I want to buy a snake from somebody in, in Maryland? And he told me, you don't have to do anything. Well, I had that in, in an email. So when he retired and the new guy came in and asked me where all my import permits were, I didn't even know what they were. No I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And I'm like, import permit. And he's like, yeah, whenever you bring something in, I said, so in other words, all the pet stores in the state of Florida have to do an import <laughs> permit every time they do a reptile order only on CSP. Yeah. So I'm like, that makes no sense. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you have to, the guy that I had told me that that permit had to be filled out for every animal that you brought in ball yeah. python, corn snake. Yeah. See, I'm lucky in the sense of, my inspector is not a snake guy by any means. Mm. However, he is very knowledgeable about the laws because that's his job. His job is not to memorize the laws. Their title is not law memorizer or reciter. It's law yeah. enforcement. Their job is to enforce the law, not memorize them all. So on countless occasions, he has literally said, hey, hang on. I don't know because that's new and they haven't even told us about it. Let me call someone or look something up, which I commend him for that. But at the yeah. same time, now I'm chastised for something that me nor anyone I personally know has done. And now I'm restricted and prohibited from doing something that I did in the past without any issues whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And, it, it, and I hate to say this, but there, there are a lot of these FWC officers that they really don't know. No. Every, they don't know enough. They don't know enough to answer a question. And the worst part is, is when you get from FWC, call the office and you call the office and they say, oh, no, call the field guy. And neither yeah, one of them can come up. Yeah. Neither one of them can come up with a coherent answer. And, and again, you're right, Phil. It's not law memorizer or, you know, yeah. reciter. It's they're, they're there to enforce the laws that, that are on paper. 
So unfortunately, there's a whole lot of wishy-washy and I see it this way and another guy sees it this way. And right. At the, same, at the same time, they are by law because they are state law enforcement in Florida. Mm-hmm. See, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Um, there's a lot of DNR and fishing game throughout the country. Um, but in Florida, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, which is the full name of FWC, they yeah. are the highest level of state law enforcement in Florida. So yeah. if you see like an FWC truck on the interstate highway and you're doing 90 and you pass yeah, well, over, <laughs> that's fish and wildlife. He can't do nothing. I'm in a different, I'm in a city. No, you will have your truck or car impounded. You'll have your firearms impounded. You'll have, you know, $5,000 in fines because they'll throw the book at you because they can. It's state law enforcement. So it's the same in New York. The DEC in New York is the exact same way. So yeah. uh, they're legally obligated to investigate every single potential crime when it revolving around captive wildlife. So about seven, eight years ago, I got a phone call from an inspector or an investigator who wasn't even my guy. It was a different county. And he says, hey, man, um, are you missing a King Cobra? And I and this is before the Orlando stuff. This is before any of the other crap. I said, no, I'm yeah. I don't even keep Kings because, I mean, I just don't have them. I, I live in an apartment. He's like, okay, because someone in your city posted a Craigslist ad. Um, do you mind if I swing by your house and show it to you and you can we can talk in person? I said, of course. So he comes by pulls out an iPad and it was a legitimate Craigslist ad lost snake responds to the name of fluffy. Please call this number. It found reward. And it was a picture of a, of a 75 year old man in, you know, Indonesia with a 14 foot King. And he's like shirtless in the jungle holding this King Cobra. And I'm like, listen, not only is that picture not in Florida, it's also like 20 years old and it's a famous, yeah. it's a famous internet picture. So some kid was having fun with it, but because of that, they're legally obligated to investigate. So I was the only guy in, in the area that had Cobras at the time. So I got yeah. of course it's, it, you know, we, we talk about, like I said, we talk about laws and cell phone laws are no different. Let's take a look back. However many years when, they took cell phones and said, you, you can't, you can't be on your phone in your car. Right. And then shortly after that, it was texting and they just didn't say one day, Hey, you know what? We're going to do that. They did it as a reaction to people dying and doing stupid things. So, and maybe, maybe that King Cobra that bites you on the finger and you lose the portion of your finger and you're in the hospital for two months and you almost die now that's got the bug in everybody's ear. You know, that's just where it starts. And, and nobody's going to come out and say that one incident caused us to pass this law. They're, they're not going to do that. It's just going to slowly Death roll down. The yeah. It's just going to slowly, slowly bleed out. Rather. Yeah. So it, all this stuff is doing is, is pushing us closer and closer to not being able to do what we want to do. And, I'm very passionate about it. I can't stand a couple of these guys um, that I could, I could only watch five minutes of that show and it made me sick to my stomach. Um, you know, I, I, I did get a, a, a private message from the individual asking what my problem was with him. I did respond and he read it two days later and didn't respond back with anything. So to me, he's gutless. Doesn't matter. I could give a fuck. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not here 
to sugarcoat anything. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in free handling. I don't believe realistically, I don't believe in anything that's negative to this industry because again, how much longer before it goes to federal fish and wildlife and they say, Hey, you know what? We're just going to stop all this shit. We're going to go back to, you can't ship it across state lines. You know, you can't, you can't sell it. You know, you can't sell outside. You can't breed. You can't do this. It, it doesn't take very much. So, yeah. and, and Scott, you're, you're, the free handling on YouTube is just for personal gain. It's just for, these guys to get a few clicks, get a few views, um, you know, shock the crowd. Ooh, look at me, look at me. But again, if you want to do that crap, do it on your own. Don't do it where everybody can see it. It's, it's only hurting us, but you know, no, I I understand it makes them money, you know? Now I'm going to take it a step further. Um, I did. I never wanted to bring this up. Um, I never wanted to bring it up on this show or any podcast for that matter, but I'm going to because it's relative to what we're talking about. Um, I would say that most of the people, if they haven't watched Tiger King, they at least know the premise of it. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have not seen it, I personally haven't, I haven't watched more than the first 30 minutes because I know what it's about and, and it, the whole oh, thing is entertaining as hell. I understand. Separate the art from the artist and it's hilarious. So like what I was going to say is the, the show starts off at a reptile keeper's home showing yeah. off venomous animals. Yep. And, the, the, and then immediately after showing that off, it goes to an individual who had a vehicle with a big cat inside it. And, yep. from, and that's their segue into the whole concept of big cats and the keepers of big cats, which, it, which turns into Tiger King. Right? Now, most people don't realize this, but that show was supposed to be about us. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be about herpetoculture. It was supposed to be about venomous keeping and big snake keeping and people who keep freaking beer dragons at home and how they're crazy because the rest of society doesn't associate reptil- reptiles with fun. Um, and they re- and something happened. I-, I won't go into too many details because, again, I don't, I don't want to talk about it, but something happened and the producers of said movie or show or miniseries, whatever, decided to focus on the big cat people instead of the reptile people. Well, because of the great success of that series, that miniseries, the reptile one's already done. And it's slated to come out, if not this year, next year. So we are now on the guillotine. Now, yeah. it could it could spark a whole big thing and everyone goes, oh my God, reptiles are awesome. It could be the polar opposite of Tiger King. Or it could make us look like Tiger King and then we're all screwed. In Have the, you the, seen the, the other Netflix documentaries? Animal. What's that? Have you seen the other Netflix documentaries? There's not a whole lot of positive no. <laughs> going on there. I mean, they're good. Yeah, they're, all, but... <laughs> yeah there's no positive. Listen, the, the only thing... People getting murdered or never yeah. being found. Yeah. So, so, here's, so here's a question, and, and I'll ask anybody that's in the chat, anybody that's watching this, I would ask anybody this. If you have kids, what type of people... Do you want your kids to look up to? What type of people do you want your kids to want to be like? But see, here's my problem with that. I, I see exactly where you're going, and I, again, this is me playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but 100. There are people out here that know that some of the individuals that we're referencing, I'm friends with, 
And I know for a fact that they are good keepers, that they, they know how to take care of their animals well. Their husbandry is on point. The problem is, is that that's not what's being shown. Yeah. Showboating is what's being shown. And I don't want to say I lose respect for them because I know them on a personal level. They know me on a personal level and I know where they've come from and how they've evolved into where they're at now. And they're, they're, they're extremely successful. Exactly. People like Scott. So uh, here, here's the, here's the thing. It's not that they're bad. It's that what's being portrayed is viewed bad. Well, okay. So back to the devil's advocate side of that, there's very few people in this world that I have a huge hatred for and, and Darren ding, ding, ding. Um, but I will say this, somebody like Tom, who by no means am I saying that, that he didn't do a lot for the industry itself, but he's a criminal (laughs) and that unfortunately something that shadows is over top of him. And he does things that sometimes are, you know, like you said, Phil, it's, is it showboating? I don't think it's so much showboating with Tom now. I think he's well past that. I think at this point, it's just, I'm me. This is what I'm going to do. And that's it. Fuck you. I've been here long enough and, and, and I've been on the earth long enough and, and I deserve to do what I want to do. And, and by all means, I, again, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But go back to three days ago when Dingo from Africa posted a picture swimming in a pond holding a 10-foot king cobra. He is so allergic to a lapid venom that if a spitting cobra spits near him, he has a reaction and ends up in the hospital. But I'm going to jump in a pond with a 10-plus-foot king cobra and swim around with it. Come on. I mean, yeah, enrichment. Uh-huh. I, 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 recently, I don't get that. I recently, had a, uh, I recently had a friend's sister call me mm-hmm. um, and say, hey, my child is watching in particular YouTube videos that he finds absolutely fascinating. He's six or eight years old, whatever. And he wants a pet scorpion, and he thinks they're cool. And I said, good for him. You know, bugs are awesome. You know, learn about bugs. Don't be afraid of bugs. Bugs are great. Arachnids are awesome. Yep. And then she changed it. And the caveat was he's going in the backyard and catching bees and letting them sting him to see the reaction. And it's happened like four or five times because he wants to see if something's going to happen. And part of me wants to say, ah, kids will be kids. And the other part of me says, no, he watched that on something. And it's oh, I can of- tell you. And I know, I know what we're not, we're gonna keep this as PG as we can because yeah, yeah. one of the show is to talk about snakes and cigars, not to go on a, a, a rant, which we all have felt the need to do recently. But that really, really irked me because that kid has no idea what he's allergic to. That kid has no idea what his you know symptoms of whatever are going to yeah. be. He's six years old. He's eight years old. And now I'm like, no, don't buy him a pet emperor scorpion. Don't buy yeah. him a rosemary tarantula because. He's going to let it bite him. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, we all watch those. I, you know, the video series, we all watch that video series. I mean, but again, we're adults. So like you said, we know, Oh, I don't feel so good. This kid's going to go get stung by something and end up in his bedroom. And all of a sudden he's going to be out. 
and nobody's going to know why, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it, it's tough. It, it is, it, it, it points to a whole generation of God, I hate saying it's stupidity. It is. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it's, the the throwing a pebble in the water and watching the ripples is like picking up that cobra and standing, you know, bobbing your head around like, God, I don't even know what to compare it to. But you're you're just you're you're just digging a hole for everybody. And it's and it's not just them. And when when those guys say things like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, it's it's not the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're right, it isn't the end of the world, not yet. But you'll be the first one to be jumping up and down and screaming when Fish and Wildlife is standing at your door saying, we're here to take all your animals away from you. Have a nice day. I don't know. I don't think that 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 would be that much of a concern for them because I feel like if they end up doing flat-out bans, a lot of of these folks will just be like, okay, and move on to the next thing. Because it's not about the animals to begin with. Yeah. No, I will say that there are certain individuals that are genuinely passionate about it, and there's certain individuals where that's their life. Yeah. Well, no, Phil, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, and and it's one of those things where some of these individuals uh, I wasn't friends with, and somebody told me, hey, you really got to talk to him or her or whomever. And I was like, all right, I'll give them them the benefit. And I was like, holy shit, man, they're awesome. Why do they got to fucking do that? Yeah. So it, it, it is what it is. We act accordingly. We roll with the punches and we do the best that we can to show safe husbandry and safe tactics and, and things of that sort. My biggest concern, you know, is like it only takes one <clears throat> frantic parent or whoever to decide that they want to lead the charge. On, it's not, you know, not even that. Like, it's ahead of that. It's, for example, we have a local newspaper called the Sun Sentinel. Not to cut you off, Justin, I'm sorry, but this is totally relative to what you're saying. We have a local newspaper called the Sun Sentinel. Almost every year, a journalist or editor from the Sun Sentinel posts a list of every single holder in Florida. Because, unfortunately, it is public record. And they tie a link to your address so that everyone knows where you live and what you have. How is that? What's that? Yeah. So now I didn't know about Phil. I didn't know about that. Oh yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. And, and it's linked to, I guess they have some kind of algorithm where when you, the local paper is my County. Well, if you yeah. zoom out on Google maps, it shows everyone. Cause there's only so many of us now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Which, I, I know that the body cam footage you can apply or, or send in, I think a request and, you can get body cam footage from any inspection. So my last CSP inspection, I mean, it's in my house. So this guy's coming into my home and I mean, realistically, anybody can use that information against you however they want. But yeah, that's, those are, again, those are the things that, you know, that that just kill us. So I'm just, my, my point was that like public panic is a great way to get, things passed i've heard people make decisions on emotion and not rationale yeah that's exactly what the people that don't want us to own these things are gunning for Mm -hmm. 
we heard from a good friend of ours, uh, somebody that I met through Cody that used to do a lot uh, with the venomous and CSP and crocodilian stuff um, with fish and wildlife. And he pretty much told us how disheartening it is when you hear things like, all you got to do is hand uh, a senator, a congressperson X amount of dollars and they'll pass any law that you want. So if PETA or HSUS has a hundred grand and they want a law to go, all they have to do is say, here you go, make this work. And I just finished watching House of Cards. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> but but that's a, it's a scary thought to think that what if – I mean, we who knows? It, it sounds like it's not supposed to be that way. But if it works that way, if an organization gets enough money together, that's all they need. Right. You know, this, the, the who was it? The Melbourne congresswoman that pushed that CSP ban – uh, was attached to, for those that don't know, that bill is attached to a hunting and fishing bill that is really important to hunt, hunters and fishermen. That bill is pretty much saying that PETA can't, PETA or HSUS or any any organizations can't go after a hunter or a fisherman while they're out fishing or hunting. And all of a sudden at the end of this bill is, oh, we're going to ban all this stuff. And it's like, this has nothing to do with with the other. So why is it there? Why was it allowed to be well, put we, in there? We saw him do that with that original COVID relief bill earlier yeah. like last year, you know? Yeah. They're sneaky, man. Sure. 5,800 5, pages of what? 5,800 pages. And and it's it's funny to see that we're sending billions of dollars overseas, and, and half of that is we get it, – it just doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying, listen, I have a job that we've been busier than ever through COVID. I, I feel like they should be focusing on people that, that, that don't have that luxury. So, but again, it's, it's, it's just not, none of it makes sense. So. Well, I think people also lose sight of the fact that like just the fact that we own snakes and reptiles and things that are historically, um, like there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of myths and crap. Um, like the odds are kind of already stacked against us to begin with. Yeah. Know, like us going and trying to justify why we do what we do to people that aren't in it. No matter how you explain it or how you sort of spin it, like people, if they're, if they're hardcore biased <laughs> against it, they're not going to change their mind. Um, no. And so I think people lose sight of the fact that like we are like, no matter what's going on, whether it's a ban on, venomous or you know big constrictors or anything um like the odds are not really in our favor and we have to work double as hard yeah because these people like it doesn't whether we have them or not they clearly don't care like well here's the thing phil you know the rules here in the state of florida correct very much you're so. pretty versed you're pretty versed on them i would say I'm feel, okay justin you know the laws and regulations in your area right Okay, so the CSP law came into it. The whole CSP thing came out. We had three, three prominent YouTubers from here in the state of Florida all get on within a three-day period, four-day period, and post videos with the incorrect information because they were too damn lazy to go and hit the button that said, read the bill. So you had one guy saying all of Venomous was getting banned. 
You had another guy saying all of Venomous was getting banned. And you had another one saying the breeding of everything was getting banned. These guys had no idea what they were talking about. They were, listen, I heard the Venomous thing and I thought, holy shit, they got to know what they're talking about. These guys are right there. So I'm calling my guy, asking him, and he's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing about Venomous. Because I remember that's when we had you on THP because that was what was going on. And that was, that whole episode was meant to help sort of explain it better to people yeah it's like you you can't yeah take five minutes and just read it was two pages long it's not even and it wasn't hard to it wasn't like it was hard to understand it was hey we're gonna add iguanas and tegus to csp you can still breed them and sell them out of the state of florida and everything else on the csp list is gone and prohibited so the only way you can keep that stuff is brick and mortar. And I didn't hear the six hour part, Phil. That's crazy. Six hours well, a day. I may have I may have embellished six hours. You have to be open a percentage of the day. Yeah. For, an ex- for a schedule of time, like a retail brick and mortar store. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. no. I, I yeah. E- even that is <laughs> I, the the problem is 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 back before this went into effect when I talked to to my investigator. And asked him, listen, you know, what should I do? And he, he just told me, you know, I've been in your house. I know how it's set up. Put all your animals in the front. You can open up one day a week. Just open up to private tours. He said, just have people sign a logbook, and I'm good with that. And I was like, sweet. That's okay. And then a month later, he called me and told me, hey, that don't work. You know, <laughs> you why, that. know why it doesn't work? Why? Because your house is zoned for residential. Exactly. Well, that, yeah, makes sense. At the same time, in my county... I need a city business permit. I need city business insurance. I need an actual business license through the state. I have to be registered with Florida SunBiz. And at the same time, I have to have a permit to exhibit animals per the county. So I have to get all those things and then still be zoned for commercial or retail use. Hey, Cody Bartolini's here. Hey, Cody Bartolini. Sure because Scott, hey, asked how many, Scott asked how many venomous keepers are in Florida, and Cody said approximately 300. Which is hilarious, because Fun when fact. I started, when I, st- when, when I would say back in like 2004, if you, if you because it's public record, you used to be able to, you probably still can, it's probably digital now, but you could FWC and say, hey, I'm buying a snake from, you know, from Paul in West Palm Beach. I need to make sure he's real. Can you send me a list of all the people? And they would send you the, you know, four pages or whatever because it's super fine print. And there was probably around 600 and change. And it gets less and less and less and less and less every year. And how many of those people are still keeping? Who knows? Right. We'll never know. But I know a lot hey. of people did let their license lapse because they did the right thing. They're like, you know what? I, I don't want to do this anymore. They sold off the yeah. whatever. But they're doing everything in their power to discourage us. And when I, before I got my letter saying, you're, you're off the fucking list, I got a phone call from my inspector saying, hey, man, this is like a month before I got the letter. He's like, hey, man, you know what this phone call is about? And I said, I think so. He goes, you knew it was only a matter of time, man. I'm sorry, big guy. And I was like, so I'm off the list? He goes, you're off the list. I said, so I can't do anything. And he's like, well, we haven't fine-tuned those numbers and whatnot yet. He says, I got your inspection in three months. I'll, I'll know definitively then when I, when I re-inspect you. Um, but, yeah, but his words exactly were verbatim. Uh, it's the beginning of the eradication. And that's heartbreaking, man. 
Yeah. Breaking. So hey, hey Ryan, Ryan wants to invite Cody on. I have to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Cody. <laughs> I do love Cody's rants though. Oh, there are good a few Lord. things that make me laugh as hard as Cody's rants. Oh yeah. Cody Cody was putting uh, fence doors on today. So I got to see some videos in our in our group chat. So nice. But yeah, it, it, it's a whole lot of why do it? Why do anything that is going to and it doesn't matter what it's with, whether it's with a firearm, it's alcohol, it's it's weed, it's it's it doesn't matter. The list goes on and on. Um, and, and, uh, again, Scott 22 million versus 300. Yeah. That does suck when you put it that way, you know, but if we can educate people and give them a legitimate view of, of realistically what we're doing and not have a, a YouTube podcast of two, two guys that are just in they're pretty much in space you know, it was, it was terrible. Like I said, it was five minutes and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I, I we can't. got Scott and Cody in together. That would just be. We'll have to do that hours in advance. <laughs> yeah. That would be like a Sunday morning. We'd start Sunday morning and just go all just day. Mute my mic and just watch. Yeah. Watch the chaos. And so, yeah, the, I mean, the, the frustrating part for me is just the fact that it's, you have a platform with a following like that and instead of doing things that could help you know you're you're choosing to go the opposite direction you know it's like it just if if you can't make a video if you can't make a video that people want to see then maybe you shouldn't be making videos i mean that to me if if you have to run down the street and smash somebody in the back of the head with an egg as as funny as that may be. I, I don't see how much, how long you're going to get away with it, you know, before somebody turns around and, and breaks your neck or you take a bite from something that's, that just, it's insane. You know, it, it, it just, it just baffles me. It's, it's mind numbing that, that people think that it's, it's okay. And, you know, Mike, I, I understand money, 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 money. These guys are making money on YouTube. You know what? I went back and I forget who I was having a conversation with. And they made the comment that a lot of these guys are getting less views right now. And they're correct. Their views are down substantially because I think you're starting to see a swing to, okay, it's the same old thing every time. How many times can I watch somebody, you know, how many times can I watch this guy hold a rattlesnake before it's like, eh, okay, you know, so. Well, on a lighter note, this has nothing to do with the topic we've talked about at all <laughs> in the least capacity. Okay. But I'm going to do a selfless plug. Uh, I recently started a, if Scott jumps on <laughs> He's oh god dangerous cody dangerous I, I hope he's using wild turkey appropriately um <laughs> and mike's absolutely right he said the same reason the kardashians are still around people yeah. suspend drama and risk and that that's i mean that's human nature like we're always going to grab yeah. toward, towards things that are potentially dangerous because <laughs> our brain says we need to be paying attention to that not the video of a deer 
eating corn somewhere in a field just hanging out. Like, I mean, that's Paul not a threat. Huh? <laughs> Paul and I have definitely watched that. Yeah. Deer eating corn. Look at this feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, side note, um, I recently started a what I'm referring to the venomous sidecar of the Herpetoculture Network. And that's going to be venomous etiquette videos. Um, it is not in retaliation to anyone on YouTube. It is not a finger to the face saying, this is how you're supposed to do it. I wanted to make an online visual educational thing on manual manipulation of venomous animals in captivity, in husbandry, because I can tell a million people, oh yeah, yeah you feed with hemostats or you feed with long tongs. That, that doesn't help at all. There's a procedure that you should follow or you may want to evaluate yourself and see about how you can articulate and negotiate the obstacles of that enclosure so as to limit the amount of viable time and space between you and that venomous animal. And that's what I want to cover in these in these episodes. Uh, we're going to cover tools and tactics. We're going to cover uh, general husbandry techniques in terms of different types of caging, uh, different types of you know snake proofing the room. Uh, and I'm going to bring you to multiple different venomous guys' rooms and gals and show you how other people do it in relation to what I've taught individuals as well as what I've learned myself. Um, Cody doesn't know yet, but we're doing stuff with you and with Paul and Cody. He doesn't, and Pia too. He doesn't know, but it's going to happen. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the oh, yeah. people that want to nerd out on the technical aspect. Um, I was telling Nipper this afternoon, it's going to be very, very Mr. Miyagi. It's going to be very wax on, wax off and thinking outside the box. And it's not just picking a snake up with a stick and putting it in a garbage can to restrain it. It's going to be. Amen, Clayton. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be very, um, yeah, the best way to overcome ignorance is knowledge. Um, it's going to be very, very tactics based and safety based. Because that's my whole thing. Henry's been saying it for, for years. You know, the stuff that I show people, the stuff that I teach, it's all safety, man. It's all safety. Yeah, you can yeah, Google, yeah. And you can learn husbandry tactics on Google. My whole thing is showing you or showing people how to deploy those tactics in a way that you wouldn't normally consider. So venomous yeah, you can, on YouTube. Check it out. I've, I've handled large constrictors for a, a long time. And... Um, Venomous has been something that I've always wanted to do. And when I found out, you know, that you needed hours here in Florida, and then I, I was lucky enough to meet Cody and Pia, um, a lot of it was it's all safety stuff. It, it's an animal's an animal. You know, you're going to learn those animals over time, but it, it's, it's about doing it the safest way possible yeah. um, so that you, you leave. We used to say it in, in the dairy, we want – our operators and our employees to leave with all their fingers, all their toes, their eyes, their ears, everything you came to work with, we want you to leave with, we want you to be safe. And, and it's no different in, in what we do, you know, being safe with, with venomous. And I, I wish, you know, again, I think some of these guys have, have a great message and I think some of them have an astronomical amount of intelligence I just think that they choose not to use it when they're when they're doing these YouTube videos because they're so hooked on getting that money, chasing right. that view, chasing that like, chasing that adrenaline rush. You can have that adrenaline rush and not do any of that stuff. You don't need to do it on camera. Well, yeah. I, I get it. It's it's turning into a job now, but 
Um, we've heard rumors and I guess I, and I haven't watched any of the videos, but one of these guys said that he's no longer going to free handle on, on camera anymore because he was asked to by fish and wildlife not to do it in Florida. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how true that was. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't talked to any, I haven't talked to any of my guys about it, but I know for a fact that fish and wildlife in Florida doesn't care so much about the free handling as it is the outside stuff. So like guy gets a new eyelash viper. Sorry. It's on bomb was going off. <laughs> um uh <laughs> sorry about that folks. Yeah, it's on silent. I don't know why the hell it's ringing. Um it's someone texting it, you listening to this saying go fuck yourself. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not so much the free handling or the 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 poor you know display of how they're doing it. It's the guy who gets a brand new eyelash viper and he's like, oh my God, look at this new eyelash viper. I'm going to go put it on my ficus hedge for five seconds so I can take a cool jungle picture. And it's literally on the branch for five seconds and it's this big and it's not old enough to breed and it's not going to get loose because it's incapable of running away. But that's no bueno. The state does not want the animals to leave the restricted enclosure or the restricted room. So I know that they're cracking down that real hard. Hey, you should just go ahead. It, it looks like Scott wants to get in and bring Cody in too. If if Cody's three three uh, old fashions deep, this is going to be interesting. I guess does does Cody's internet work better now? Yeah, yeah, he should be good. Let me see. I just sent it to Hyper. Those damn Aussies pull no punches, man. Hey, there he is. Look, he's even got his headphones with him. He's ready. I love that man. Hey, Raheem, you're on. Yeah. Most definitely. Beautiful. Oh, look, he's rubbing his hands. Uh-oh. Nothing's <laughs> on, boys. Jeff said release the crap. <laughs> 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 All right, now, Cody, I think you need to get on, son. You said you'd jump on if I did. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Cody. Cody is having Pia teach him how. <laughs> God damn it! That's it. Um, so damn it! You said twenty-two million venomous licenses in all of Australia. No, 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 no. So there's twenty-two million people in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah. Against so three hundred against of us. Against yeah. three hundred. Yeah. They fucked up odds, kids. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's that's why we need to to educate people and just get the good word out. It, I know it, it's it's. I I can tell you that I work I work I have a very good friend at work, and when he found out I kept snakes, he told me if I ever brought a snake to work, he would shoot the snake in me. And that's what it, it is. And past that. He's been to my house now, and he's actually handled a snake 
And he said it not really for me, but because you've show the passion and, and you, you talk about it, you know, you get excited. It, it, it's, it's changed his mind. Yeah. So Henry, again, Henry gets messages on Facebook from people that he hasn't talked to in decades saying, Hey, you know, I used to hate snakes or used to be afraid of snakes, but you know, you showing me videos on Facebook, it changed my opinion of it. And I realized that they are part of us and we need to keep them around. So even that yeah. little bit, you know, it's awesome. This is now, Scott, I gotta ask you. Scott, I gotta ask you. I saw because I'm in a bunch of Aussie Lapid groups. I saw the 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 thumper, the solar powered thumper that goes in the ground as a snake. <laughs> I was waiting. I, I thought it was a gag, man. I really did. So for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically a uh, uh, it, it basically looks like a like a toy rocket. It's like this big, like a, a basically like a stake you'd put in the ground. And on top of it, it has a little miniature solar panel. And I guess the solar energy, you know, charges it and it gives out vibrations to ward off snakes and repel snakes. Oh, I, thought it, I thought it was a gag. It's like the thumper from Dune. I, I love it. Yeah, and I was waiting for it to for the guy to put it in the ground and like have it start thumping. And then like just like uh, the Eastern Brown just slithers by like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was. I thought it was a gag. Did you see the video I put up of a fucking death adder that was curled up about four feet away from one? From the thumper? Yeah, from one of those things. No kidding. I gotta go find so, it. So, fucking, so not only is it a fucking, it's a, a and a lapid that is dangerously venomous, but it's also one that happens to be fucking to sit and wait for fucking ages. And this thing sits next to a fucking solar repeller. Fucking joke. As someone said to him, they're better at marketing him with solar power dildos. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to say that, but that's essentially what it is. Yeah. I've got, I've got the perfect fucking tagline for him, giving you your fucking eco-friendly buzz. You know, that's all it is. <laughs> oh, man. If you're going to get fucked, you might as well get fucked out of your money, too. So why not? Yeah, you might as well help somebody else. Could you yeah, imagine? Like, it, could you imagine if it attracted deathies? How great would that be? I'd have like fifty of them. It would be amazing. I'd have them in my yard. Just, yeah. No, they do nothing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the other thing is, right, is you can't argue with these fuckers with logic. So I said to him, I said, "Oh, so you reckon these work?" Oh, yeah, yeah, we've tested them. I said, "How?" I said, "You need an animal ethics permit to fucking test. You can't subject an animal to something without getting an animal ethics approval." Right, so there's got to be an ethics approval. Right, I said, so what was your ethics number? Oh, oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, we didn't test in Australia. I said, no, you didn't fucking test at all. I said, what bullshit? I said, fucking, I said, the thing is, and it's the biggest crock of shit going, right? Everyone says that snakes are afraid of what uh, vibration and all this sort of shit. If they were afraid of vibration, do you think the fucking semi that drives down the road would repel snakes from going onto the fucking road in the first place. And they wouldn't get it Yeah, that's you know? a good point. <laughs> People getting attacked by snakes, right? People say, oh, fucking snakes. Fucking rubbish. Snakes don't attack anyone, right? That fucking five-foot fucking adamantias that you've got that cruises around down fucking down in Florida there, that thing <laughs> might be five feet long. He's not dancing around on the tip of his fucking tail, right? My cousin got He's chased by a cottonmouth, and my uncle's girlfriend's daughter told me. Yeah. Right? So two inches tall. So 
most people are what? 60 inches fucking tall. You're at least 30 times larger than that fucking snake for that snake. Are you yeah. going to pick a fight with something 30 times your fucking size? Snake That's why they have rattles. That's why they have rattles. They go, hey, man, don't step on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't hurt me. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. want to be part of you. Yep. Fucking rubbish. You know? Yeah, and As what's funny fucking, is you guys have those rage trains. Fucking venomous keepers. Fucking dead. I don't understand why people, why we're so nice about it. At the end of the day, they're fuck with. Just ban them. Every fucking person. If, this is another way to deal with it would be, all right, you're a fuckwit. Okay, the whole venomous community has nothing to do with you anymore. It's not that fucking hard. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a picture that comes up when Cody calls me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, if, you, if you professionally ostracize those people, right, and go, right, okay, you're you're a fuckwit on YouTube, fine. I won't deal with you. I won't sell you rats. I won't fucking sell you snakes. I won't have anything to do with you. As far as I'm concerned, you're fucking dead to me. Move on. Have nothing yeah. to do with it. The whole venomous community can actually get rid of these fuckers. But the venomous community don't want to do that because as much as they hate saying that they, they don't like free handlers and all the rest of it, they don't really fucking care. They're all secretly jealous that of, of fucking the Tyler Nolans and shit like that because he's getting more um, props than they are when it comes yeah. to venomous. And they want Tyler to secretly, they want Tyler or fucking Chandler or whoever that whichever fuck we're talking about this week, they want them to come to their house to show off their venomous collection. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because it, it, it's, again, it's clicks, that, it's clicks and views. It's clicks and views. It's it's if you bring them over to here, I mean, you, you get them over here and they film that I'm going to get more people to follow me and, and instead of just, just do your thing and be positive, good husbandry, safety, and that's all you need to do. It, it, to me, it makes no sense. I mean, we, we have too many shady, scummy people out there. And unfortunately, you know, it, it, it's, it's it, when I meet somebody new and say, yeah, I, you know, I work with venomous snakes. The first thing they ask is, Oh, do you, do you pick them up? Do you, do they crawl around your house? No, you know, we don't pick them up. We use hooks. We, I wear gloves. Ninety. I never, probably, I never understood that. that. That is a question I get asked quite frequently. Even when we're not, they don't even bring up venomous. They just go, "Oh, you have pythons. Do you like let them roam around the house?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. do you let your do you let your hamster roam around the house? Do you let your you know what I mean? Like that's a weird question. Like it's not a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? And half the time, these well, like the, best the best way I describe it to people that don't keep reptiles is that they're like tropical fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's right. a tropical fish. You don't put your hand in the tropical fish tank. You don't get them out. You don't cuddle them. You don't yep. give them fucking in a bedroom yeah. story at night. I'm just saying I have. You, know. mate, you, <laughs> might, you might feel, but, you know, that's, that's just... Pretty fish. Pretty fish. Pretty fish. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do it with lionfish too, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man, this one's spicy. You know, you explain it to people like they're a tropical fish, and they go, "Oh, okay, fair enough, that's fine." Yeah, it, just seems, it gets gets their fucking 
their feeble brain to fucking work for some reason. So, you know, but the thing is, is keeping venomous isn't hard. It's not hard, but it's fucking boring. Yeah. Done right, it's fucking boring. And you know what, Phil? More power to you if you do these fucking videos, mate. You'll get like 10 10 views. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. That's what you're going to get. Because that's all I've fucking got. Because I know that those ten people, those 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 individuals that watched it, at least I hope that they're going to take something out of it and say, "Wow, I didn't think of it like that." Whether they whether they think I'm a quack or they think I'm trying to be Mr. Miyagi, I don't care. If I can help a little bit, I will. And it, it started off with a, a, a kid. I'll say a kid. He's twenty something years old. He's out of state, across the country, and he's like, "Hey, man, I live in a state where venomous is basically over the counter." And nobody wants to teach me anything because they really don't know what they're doing either. He says, so can you give me some pointers over the phone? And I started to... The other issue is that... Sorry, that, Scott? No, no, no. I was just saying, you I started, get fucking sued. Yeah, of course. Well, I could. Yeah. But the, the stuff I'm telling him is not, hey, you're going to touch it here or you're going to pick it up here. Yeah. It's not. It's, it, I, had to, I, I found myself mentally articulating how I was going to describe things vividly so that it wasn't just like, Oh, you just do this. And I realized that I, I, can't, I don't want to say I have a knack for it. I don't want to say hockey about it, but I have a knack for describing vividly how you should look at something before you go about it. And like one of the things we always do with our new trainees and our new apprentices, whatever is, is run down the, the list of things in your mind before you ever unlock the enclosure. And it's like, okay, First things first, where's the animal? Is it here? Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Okay. If I do this, it's going to do that. If I do this, it's going to do that. And I have no idea what it's going to do. It could freaking sit there like a bump on a log. But at least I'm thinking about all the things that could happen. It's like so defensive driving. Right. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. Expect that I'm guy in the median to pull out in front of you, like prepare yourself because, right. you know, you know, just. Hey, yeah. Isn't it interesting how different people look at different things? Say that for me, the first thing you do is even the assessment on how you walk into the building. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're yes, you're correct, hundred percent, hundred percent. So this is the problem, right? So you're going to articulate a step or a series of steps, all right, on how to put a cobra into a fucking tube, right? And that's fine. That's that's fine. But there's been twenty steps that you've taken almost subconsciously before you've even arrived at even thinking about putting that cobra in a tube. Yes, yes. That's the difference between teaching somebody properly and teaching somebody a an action. Anyone can teach anyone an action. The, the problem is, and this is where the whole mentorship thing needs to happen, is where you need to teach them that stuff that they don't even realise or we don't even realise is actually steps to take in the first place. Right. All right. And you're, you're 100% correct. Right. venomous or not, it doesn't matter. You're keeping animals. You keep animals. You approach that room in a certain way. You're looking for certain things. I don't know about you, but the first thing I do when I go into a room is I actually scan the room and I'm looking for anything that's out of place. Oh, I mean, I, we go a step further, like especially if you've got stuff that's marginally arboreal. We go a step further where you're going to unlock the door. You're going to open the door with a hook or with a tool open it up if the if the lights are off you have to have a torch in your hand or you have to have easy access where you can use the hook or tongs or whatever to open the light right. switch 
and you're going to look in the room and you're going to look above their head because you don't want to have an angusticeps sitting on that door lip above your head when you open I the do. door. I'd love, to, I'd love to have an angusticeps on But in all seriousness, yeah. Yeah, okay, let's say my room, right, to go into my room, yeah. is a, you look into an airlock, right? When you walk into that airlock, there's windows on the outside that look into the venomous room or look into the quarantine room, right? So before you're even stepping into the room, you're looking through the windows, right, to make sure that the kid is safe in the first step, right? Um, we've got a full set of handling gear on the outside in right. that holding area ready to go. So if you have to go in there and there's a problem, you're already sorted out. The light switches for those rooms are on the outside in that holding area. Before you walk in, so that right. that sort of that's sort of what people should have when it comes to venomous. The problem is, is that people don't do that. They go, "Oh, it'll be all right. I'll put it in a fucking enclosure. I'll put a fucking cabinet lock on it." That everybody's got a key to because all those things are keys are exactly the same anyway, right? Yeah. And the shit, oh shit, you're not. And they go, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it safely because they get a hook out or whatever." Well, you're not doing it safely because you've got a venomous snake out with somebody else in the room. Yeah. How the hell do you know what the capabilities of those people are? At the end of the day, I've got four other people here in front of me, four people that have got various experiences with venomous snakes. I don't fucking know you from virus soap. There's no way I'll be getting a venomous snake out with you guys in the room until I've seen you manage them first or until you've run through and actually done an induction with me first. It's just how it is. And I'd expect, and, and I'd expect exactly the same from you guys. I wouldn't expect to walk into your venomous room without having to go through some sort of fucking process first. Because that's what a professional venomous keeper or a professional keeper is. Yeah, and I couldn't handle my scrub python. Sorry? I said Scott couldn't handle my scrub python. You mean the one that took you an hour and a half to put in the bag? Yeah, that one. Thank you, Bob. Forgot that you were even there when that happened. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Bob's probably friendly anyway. So, you know. Bob's right. sitting there looking at each other like, just put it in the bag, bro. Just put it in the bag. Yeah. It's not going to Grab it. Just grab it. It's a snake. It was it's different. Fine. No, it, Dude, why was it? <laughs> Cody, welcome Scary. to the party, pal. Hey, hey. hey guys. It was it was random, and I'm happy to be here. Good night, Cody. Hey, Scott. Love the future. Good, uh, good, to, good to see you face to face digitally. You know, um, I, I I agree with what you were saying before as I was hopping on about hopping into somebody else's collection and not knowing those animals and you or or people around your animals so you 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 make sure that they understand them first you know like i'm not even though i have experience with venomous reptiles i'm not going to go into your collection and and start messing with your taipans and brown snakes like i know those individuals i i want to see you do it first and i want to know like i want to know those animals individual uh personalities and intricacies amongst the individuals before I get into it, I mean, I could figure it out on my own, but if you're with in somebody else's collection or something like that, you know, you want to learn those animals first before you start messing around with them. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 
The other thing too is is just to play devil's advocate with Scott because every single thing that Scott said, I agree with 150%. The problem too is that Scott, you may unknowingly be a little spoiled because you have a legitimate facility with those external amenities. While as someone like myself, I live in an apartment. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can't cut a hole in my door and put a window. Won't I, I can't do that. So like, I have to work with the things that I have. But that doesn't mean that the people that are, are, are learning from me or learning from others, they should hear that and they should know that. And if they have the ability to produce those external amenities, then fuck yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, but Phil, Phil, there's still ways that you can do it based on your facility to be just as safe as Scott can do it or as Cody can do it or Justin or myself. You yeah. just have to have a protocol in place that's safe. You know, yes. I, I've learned in the last two years, I've learned so much from Cody and from Pia. It's It's been amazing. It's 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 been great. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, you – the, the most important thing to me is safety. You know, I have a wife, I have kids. I've always said that I wanted venomous, but I wanted my kids to be old enough to understand this just isn't a ball python. This can kill you, you know? So at the end of the day, you have to have those protocols in place to make sure that everybody is, is doing the right thing. And then you have to police it. You know, I can say there was a time when I was pulling uh, one of the, uh, I think it was one of the rank calls out and Pia walked through and I didn't have glasses on. And she was like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, it's like, Oh, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it, but it is, it's something that you have to go through over and over in your mind, even though I know or knew all those animals and, and how they acted and what they did. It doesn't mean that something bad could happen, you know, when you least expect it. So don't you know that if their hoods closed, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Phil. I'm gonna talk really fast. I just wanted, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to add to that. So I, I was, I, well, I was there, but I was outside working the rat barn or something, as as you guys know who have been here. That usually, rat you know, I, I'm on rat barn duty. But uh, so, so Paul was working the collection. Pia, Pia walked in. Paul had didn't have his glasses on when he was working these ring call spitters, and 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 majority of the time they they don't do anything hood or or spray venom or anything. So I mean he was fine, but they obviously could, and you want to wear safety yeah. protection just in case they do. So so I didn't know about that till later, where Pia told me and said, oh I just I, I saw Paul wasn't wearing glasses, so I, I told him I hope I wasn't being a bitch, and I said no, like we got to police each other and all of that yeah. stuff, you know, and it it it, 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 it you'd be a bitch not. Um, not telling Paul that he didn't have his glasses on, right? So she did, and Paul came up to me saying, I don't know if he had told you, but I feel really, you know, bad or whatever. Then I was telling him about a story where my goggles weren't on. I'm like, listen, like, Peel will get on you, and as she should, but I'm I'm also one that's not going to get too upset because I've been there, done that, made those mistakes, and, and one of them was not too long ago where I was going through the collection and I had a Philippine Cobra, which is a spitting Cobra in a, in a holding can had my, my glasses on while it went into the holding can did all the stuff. And I, I put my glasses on top of my head while I was, uh, you know, cleaning out the enclosure and all of that stuff. 
And yeah, it's good to wear them while you're doing the enclosure because nanoparticles can get in your eyes and blah, 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 right? But I, my, my, we're in Florida, so the goggles are fogging up and I can't see, so they go on top of my head. Well, anyway, I, I forget that what I'm working is a, a, a Philippine spitting cobra. And I have my goggles on my head, right? Like they're already halfway there. They're ready to go. And I'm about to put this snake back into her enclosure and I pop the lid off. And this is a this is a snake that hardly ever like that will bite you given the opportunity a hundred percent. If you give her an opportunity, she's gonna nail you. Yeah, that's but not, yeah, not not so much on the spitting thing though, right? So I pop off the lid and I got my glasses on my damn head. And I go to open the thing up, I forget to put my goggles down. And that snake blasts me right in the face, right? And somehow missed my eyes. Like your, your African cobras have a, a little bit more of a precise uh, stream of venom into the face. Where Asiatic cobras that, that are spitters are, are more of a sneeze. Maybe about four-ish four feet is, is their trajectory, right? So she basically sneezed venom into my face. <clears throat> And, and I didn't have glasses on and somehow got everywhere but my eyes. So I put the, the lid back on and went, rinsed my face off and it was no, it ended up being no big deal. It could, it could have been, but when Paul was like, I didn't have my glasses on, I'm like, yeah, no, it's one of those things where you got to police yourself too, but I can't be yeah. like, oh, you didn't wear your goggles because I had mine on my head and I didn't put them down. So, so it happened. Yeah, that's, you... the, that's the switch cheese thing though, Cody. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we shouldn't do, right? And to, for any of us to say that we haven't put ourselves in a risky situation, that's rubbish. We all do it, okay? But yeah. at the same time, it's the Swiss cheese, right? So if you get enough holes that line up in that Swiss cheese, you're going to end up getting a fucking bite, okay? Yeah. Or you're going to end up being envenomated or you're going to get fucking sprayed in the face. That's what eventually happens. Most of the time, those holes don't line up and you can't see all the way through and you don't get a bite. Okay. At the same time, Paul, mate, you ought to be commended if you turn around and you go to your mentor going, oh, shit, hey, I fucked up. Right? Yeah. You've, turned, you've been honest about it. You've been, you've maintained your integrity. And so often in this hobby, we see people that lose their integrity for whatever reason. They don't want to tell people that, hey, they made a mistake. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say that I've never freehandled. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never got a bite. Right? I've never got a bite through my own mistake. Every time I've got a, gotten a bite from a snake, it's been through my own fuck up. Oh, of course. Right? You've got to own that too, and you've got to explain it. And, you know, you talked about before, you know, somebody going through, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Well, I used to think it's not that bad to deal with bites from mildly venomous snakes or juvenile, dangerously venomous snakes. I was like, ah, she'll be right. It's okay. And then I go into anaphylaxis from a fucking snake bite. And yeah. it's all, it's one thing to go get, get a bite. It's another thing to go through if I get anaphylaxis. And I'll tell you now, that is what separates men from the boys, fucking boys. That is the scariest single thing to ever happen to you until you have an anaphylactic reaction to a snake venom. Because at the end of the day, any venom ain't bringing you back from an anaphylaxis shot. Yeah. It will not bring you back. You're dead in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough as much as, as much as, you know, I mean, I lived an hour away from Cody and I was there every Saturday or every Sunday or sometimes both days. And, you know, you work your ass off how much, you know, how many times did we spend, you know, 10, 10 hours a day doing stuff. And there's times that I would, 
yeah, there's times that I would go and after three or four hours, I'm like, you know what, Cody, I'm just not feeling this. Like, I I don't feel right. I I just, I I just, I got to stop because I know my limitations and I'm not going to take that chance and do something that's, that's detrimental to not only myself, but to, to them. And that's what I re- and that's what I really admired about Paul too is as he would say when he you know we always preach it like hey if you're not feeling good if, if you're not feeling into it just stop you know and a lot of the times as venomous keepers we all know that we push through those oh, I'm not feeling it but I snakes got to get clean you got to do it maybe I'm not in the best you know mindset maybe I'm frustrated about something that is really a bad time to work venomous yeah. and and I've definitely yeah. done it you know against my better judgment. But Paul's like, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, good, you, you're not feeling it. You don't do it, you know? And I, I, I appreciate the fact that he would speak up and say, I'm not, I'm not feeling like good enough to work these animals because these animals are alert, fast animals that are paying attention to what I'm doing. And I'm not at the level of comprehension to keep up with these elapids or whatever. It's how it should be. Yeah. How often do you guys drink? What's that? How often do you guys drink? Who drinks alcohol? Out of this group, all of us. Really? Never, never. When I'm going to, or possibly could be doing snake stuff. Uh, Even the this is the problem, right? That possibly could be is what fucks me, and that's why I don't drink. Yep. Yeah. Because no. Any time, any time in the next fucking ten minutes, I can get a phone call and say, "Hey, I need to go pull a release of brown snake out of somebody's house," or. I've walked into the snake room and gone, fuck, that tight bear's got a retained shed. Okay, I've got to deal with it. Right? So I'm, I've basically made the choice that I'm not going to drink alcohol because I have to deal with venomous snakes. But at the and same yet- time, to use myself as an example, I don't I don't, I don't, don't catch snakes like that. I don't get those phone yeah. calls. And at the same time, I don't have as big a collection as you to the point where if I happen to – first of all, I'm not even going to go in the room. If I've been drinking, that's just the first thing. And if I, for whatever reason I did, cause I needed to get a broom or something, I'm going to be like, Oh, look at that stuck shed. Guess what? It's happening tomorrow night. Cause I want it to be completely out of my system. Not because of my impaired judgment or my impaired reflexes, but because I have alcohol in my blood still after so many hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. Now I'm going to complicate a God forbid a bite with the blood alcohol content that people don't even yeah. think about. You're sober as a jaybird, but you still have that in your blood. So I don't yeah. I only go drink about, a Daytona. Yeah, only drink a Daytona, right? Yeah. But I, I suppose this is the point, right? And that's the point that I'm making is that yeah. most venomous keepers still drink. And True. I don't understand how you can be a responsible venomous keeper and drink unless you're going to say, right, okay, I'm not going to fucking deal with snakes all the time. Yeah. yeah. And some people are like that, but a lot of people are also like, you know what? I can change that water bowl. I can do this. I can do that. And that's where shit goes sideways. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tip my hat off that I'm not wearing to you, Scott, for being from Australia and not drinking. Cause I know a lot of Aussies and you guys are party (laughs) animals down there. So uh, good on you, Mike, uh, on that one. (laughs) I'm the, mate, trust me, I'm the weird one, but it works out well because it means I get to drive. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really worry me too much at the end of the day, you know. I'm yeah. pretty hot. Anyway, I can have a good time without fucking drinking. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. He's the guy that harasses all the drunks. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck yeah. 
one of my uh, other Australian buddies who is uh, a veterinarian out out there, um, Shane Simpson. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, he's not a drinker either. So I've been to a few vet conferences with with him and a few other Aussies that have come down. Uh, Joshua Linus, who's who's not a technical Aussie, moved from I, maybe he was from New York or something, but comes down with Shane um, to all the, the vet conferences. He's a drinker, so we 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 put down a few, but Shane doesn't. But he he hangs to the very end, three four a.m. And I'm just like, dude, how are you hanging out here with all these idiots? And you're not drinking, and you're just here. Like, how do you how do you do it? You know, but he does it, and I respect him. You just feed off you feed yeah, off people. Yeah, and and the thing is, I know Josh pretty well. Josh is in the UQ Herb Society, like I am as well. And it, you know, alcohol doesn't need to be the end the end game for everything. You know, and I, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. I'd love a drink every now and then, but I basically because I'm always dealing with shit, I just don't end up drinking. So yeah, that's very respectable. Know. That's very special. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out a. I just saw the comment from Tim Morris that says I'm lame and Paul's better. I'm not disagreeing with the comment. Um, I think it's funny. Sorry, I was supposed to be on a Zoom, a New Year's Zoom with with uh, Tim and the whole crew, James and Andy Middleton and everything, and we were building crock fencing, so we were not able to jump on. So I uh, apologize for that. We will catch up very soon. I wasn't even supposed to do this, but it was just some commenting. Scott was like, oh, I'll jump on. And I'm like, well, if he does, I will too. And he did. So I, I had to put my money where my mouth is. So Peer I was laying in bed winding down. <laughs> well, right? I, I've, got to, I've got to keep moving, guys. I've actually got to go to some fucking work. So I'll leave you with it. Hey, great to talk to you. Great to finally yeah. digitally see Paul and Cody. Yeah, hey, nice to meet you, hey, Scott. Yeah, pleasure. We got to do uh, one of these things, get Scott on, and we'll just we'll do a whole thing, talk all venom, yeah. and, and, and it'll be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yep, talk to you later, Scott. <laughs> I'm, super, I'm super lame. I'm super lame. Thank you, Tim. Thank you very much. It's like, it's like, yeah. Look at this. Look at this solid old-fashioned. I even got a giant... Um, ice cube in there just how it's but pia got me these giant ice cube makers for old fashions specifically nice. and i'm very appreciative tell me, of using, tell me you're using black cherries i've no 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 tell me about this black cherry that, the old black black it's not that old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> black cherry is the only way to make an old-fashioned okay black cherry True and true bitters, not that okay. weird ass shit they sell in the grocery store. True. What bitters. is this weird ass Oregon Trail shit you're on right now? Look, man, you got to make an old fashioned. You got to do it right. You so got to use I'm the sure root of the elderberry and. Oh my god, man, I man, I, 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 I'm literally doing okay. So it's it's a sugar sugar cube bitters, orange peel. Yeah, and god, I love you. <laughs> It's it's it, 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 it's a Google recipe. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not that old fashioned. It's, it's just a fat. It's just a fashioned. It's not an old fashioned. It's a fashioned. It's a it's Cody fashioned. I first of all, I commend you for the bourbon, and I commend you for the sugar cube. Tip top, I love it. Just when the next time you go to the grocery store, look for black cherries, and it will make things just a little bit better. What do you do? What do you put the black cherries in there? You squeeze them in there? Yeah. What do you, yeah. Yeah. You are you, are you muddling it or no? 
muddling. He's not a bartender. Yeah, damn it. He's a mortar and pestle. You, you know? gotta like crush him. Like, do you, have, him do, 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 do you have to say some Wiccan spell to be, before you? Testicles of a new. I have a raven. Testicles of a You have to be holding your crystals in your hand <laughs> and burning some sage in the other. <laughs> Austin Warwick, no soup for you. <laughs> I mean, no soup for you. No Derek, soup for Derek, Derek came over the other day. He made some old fashions. He told me what was up. I just did what Derek says. So whatever you're going to make fun of me about, uh, bring it back to Derek. Because no, he was the not, one. no, first of all, first of all, Derek is not old enough to drink. That's the first thing. Okay? <laughs> Derek is like, what is Derek, like 12, 15? I don't know, but he's actually a very—he's a—he's a whiskey, bourbon, uh, liquor connoisseur. I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't age him, but a number with with Derek. I—I I would say he's, uh, yeah, he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's 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 an appreciated cowboy. Yeah, he's—he's a, he's a cowboy. He is. God bless him. So, yeah. no, I'm just—you're—you're you're doing it right. The sugar cube was good. The bur- what bourbon are you using? Let's go there. Oh God. Oh God! You know what? We'll—we'll we'll We're not. We don't even have to go what kind of bourbon it is because Admiral gonna, Nelson. No, no, I don't even know what that is. But but it was it's a it's a bourbon, and you know I'm I'm not uh, uh, my claim to fame is not my bourbon and whiskey knowledge. I'm not is a bartender like De- like uh, like Justin said. Um, is it Costco? You know. Is it Costco? The what? Is it Costco? Like Costco's bur- Costco liquor? No, 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 it's not Costco. Gotta get the Costco bourbon. Gotta get the Costco bourbon. That shit is tip top. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna sit there and talk all that shit about using the cherries and all the other like stuff, anyway, right? And then you're gonna sit there and say Costco bourbon because the Costco bourbon is actually, I believe, Knob Creek in a Costco bottle. Same thing with the vodka. Same thing with the rum. That big giant bottle that you get, it's it's actually name brand, just in a Costco bottle. Yep. So so Love here's it. the here, here's the thing. Uh, um, uh, of course, Tim's Phil. gonna drink the bad. Phil. Of course, Phil, right? What's, your, what's, what's yeah. your name, Phil? Phil. Here's the here's here's the thing, Phil. Um, <laughs> sorry. Happy Van Winkle. Look, man, it's the best bourbon in the world. I don't care what it says. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I I I'm a nightly drinker at the end of the day, so I'm not trying to go for the most expensive bourbon because I need that I need that stuff to be cost effective. So I was talking to the guy at the liquor store. Listen, I, again, I'm not claiming to be a, a bourbon connoisseur. I'm doing the tried and true, very easy Evan Williams. Make fun of me however you want. But it's, uh... I don't know what that is. Did I win? Did I, did I win? Did I win the bourbon choice? It sounds like one of those. Sounded like one of those fishbowl games that that you that you play when you know you have nothing better to do with your life in one of those internet cafes. That's just Paul fucking with his Neopets. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man! I'm searching for Pokemon's. (laughs) Did you you just just caught one in the kitchen? There's one on the stairwell right behind you. (laughs) Hey, there's they're hanging out in the staircase. And, and Cody, I'm not breaking your balls, man. I'm commending you for legit doing old fashioned. And Derek and you are doing it right, man. I'm just saying that if you go to get those black cherries, it'll just make it a little nicer, just, just a little bit. And by the way, Tim Morris, you are the man because Pappy Van Winkle is the greatest bourbon of of 
anything in the world. I don't care what people say. And I hope that Tim is drinking the 18 and not the 22. Because for those of you who are listening who actually like bourbon, the 18 is the best Peppy Van Winkle because they start an 18 in a 15-year cask. And that's the way you do it. I'm sorry that I can't I can't stop giggling when you say the name. What is it? Rob Van Winkle? Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy. Pappy. He's on me. Tim Morris brought over when he when he came. I don't know if it was the last Daytona or, or whenever. It was probably the Daytona before the COVID stuff. Um, he brought over some gin and James was here and we made some uh, gin and tonics and Tim got me smashed man i'm i'm talking we we downed a whole bottle of of this gin and it was and it was like two days before daytona and we were hung over before we got into daytona like that's the time where you're supposed to be and i i was our pre-party went harder than the actual party it was pretty intense yeah i remember that hey uh, tim if you're still watching what was the gin i want to know I probably have the bottle still sitting on top of the refrigerator. It probably is. <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot of bottles up there, dude. <laughs> it's somewhere along the top of the kitchen wall yeah. there. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah. Damn, I wish I had ingredients because now I kind of want an old fashioned. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, and I, I just, I'm just, I'm, this is number four. I'm feeling pretty good. We got the, uh, Paul, we got the perimeter fence doors framed up wire on them um awesome jam all set in place we're gonna hang the doors tomorrow so uh for just good deal until, uh we're, we're we're in the process of doing our outdoor croc enclosures and uh so we just did what's that which species um well we're we've um we're building enclosures with with um not necessarily animals in mind yet we're building okay. the enclosures first. We do have some animals that are supposed, like we, um, we're supposed to get some animals on breeding exhibit loan in um, early spring, right after the cold front. We're playing around with our pools right now and making sure water temperature is good and stuff during you know these 20, 30 degree nights. Um, yeah. But uh, w- one of the species we're really excited to work with here. Um, and I worked with them before at the alligator farm um, in charge of them. Uh, slender snouted crocodiles, the Mechastops cataphractus, um, went nice. to Africa for three weeks uh, 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 while I was working at the alligator farm to go to the Abidjan Zoo in West Africa and help uh, teach their crop keepers how to rear baby cataphractus for reintroduction into the wild because they have the largest population of captive cataphractus in the world being in West Africa where the animals are. Yeah, around 25 individuals. San Diego Zoo Global's involved in this initiative. Uh, um, New Mexico, uh, the Albuquerque Biopark is involved. St. Augustine Alligator Farms involved with uh, with Matt Shirley, um, who is one of the leading crocodilian biologists out there. What's Tim Morris saying? He said a place for James to sleep. Oh, I've got some great. <laughs> I've got some good photos of James laying on the floor during uh during daytona passed out it, it was a good time but uh <laughs> but yeah so matt shirley he's he's freaking awesome he's a good friend we met through the alligator farm but he's 
he's the one responsible for um, separating out the the Nile uh, crocodiles into two different full species. So your Western Nile croc, the Crocodilus sucus, and your Eastern Nile croc, your traditional Nile croc, the big man eaters that everybody's come to know and love eating zebras and wildebeest. That's uh, Crocodilus niloticus. Mad surely did the work to, to separate those animals out, um, as well as uh, proving out that there are two separate species of slender snouted crocodiles. I hate you so much, Paul. <laughs> I, that was September. <laughs> I love you, Cody. You mean September, like the whole calendar? Oh, I have a whole calendar. Yes. Carpet Fest auction item. Yeah, we can make we 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 can we can make a poster. That, 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 that would be awesome. Money. One of a oh, kind. Yeah. One in existence. Yeah, yeah a full, full twelve year of twelve year twelve month calendar of different pinups of Cody, whether they're superimposed or not, and that needs to be a Southeast Carpet Fest auction item. That would oh, be perfect. Paul's already working on it, I'm sure. Yep. Hey, show, oh, the show wheels are turning. You should you should show him some of the ones with Derek and Daniel. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we need to see that. Um, so anyway, going back to cataphractus, I, I've got, yeah. I've got a, um, a pretty, pretty good background with that species. And I'm really happy that I, I had the chance to go to Africa with Matt Shirley and the farm and doing all that stuff with those animals. But we're going to be getting an adult pair of cataphractus, supposedly like I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag early, but it, you know, if everything goes well, what's going on here? Got uh, Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's. Geez. Those guys are going to be real upset about that one. Yeah, going on. Hey, here. at least the watching is good. You got to let that focus. Yeah, there's Daniel up there. There's Derek. Let's get those things higher up, up on Derek. Yeah, you got to see Derek's face. He's doing a thumbs up there. Go a little higher, Paul. Yeah, see if you could get that focused in there. Can you focus Derek's face? We got to make. Yeah, oh, there, there, you go. there, there he is. is. Look at him. Look at him. Thumbs of approval. Look at Derek. Look, look at that stud. God, he's going to hate us. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Wait, does everybody want to see Geo? Yeah, oh yeah, Geo's is the best one. Get that in focus. <laughs> oh my God. So everybody, oh, in, 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 interns at our facility, um, Let's just say that, that that's all Paul's artwork. So, oh, oh, we got Clayton saying he's going to buy the calendar. Oh, there's Derek, oh. Derek, and, and Daniel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Justin cuts off the live feed. We're done. <laughs> We're done. That's it. That's it. How many of these do you have? Jesus. There's too many. Too many. I think that's I'm it. just seeing that Paul has too much time on his hands. He's got, a, he's got an easy going job. He's got an easy going Yes, I job. do. I love it. So that was great, Paul. That was very good. Um, so the cataphractus, we'll 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 go full story with that. Um, we're actually getting some uh, Morlets crocodiles from uh, Dallas World Aquarium uh, before the twenty first of this month. So you you heard Paul earlier talking about our. Uh, what is that? What is, oh, That's God. my crazy oh. child. 
Is that, is that Nora? Hey, Nora. Yeah. Cody said hi. Hi, Cody. Hey, how's she it going? Said, he's, she said hi. I gotta go is check the freaking mail. Yep. Hi, Anna. I already did check the mail. Did you? So back to the, the Dallas World Aquarium. That's coming in on the 21st. Well, so that so we were talking about our um, our import permits that we have to file here in Florida. Phil, import uh, permits. Yeah, yeah. So 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 we so, did the import. No, on, class two import or no? Uh, class one imports. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, because the more less are class one. Um, okay. okay. So so for everybody that's watching this, it's not. <laughs> Paul, are you gonna are you gonna tame the beasts? Yeah, you gotta mute that, Paul. There you go. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Paul. It's like all silent while Paul yells at him. Paul says, "Hey, shut up!" Yeah. I'm like, getting I'm flipped to... off right now. <laughs> he's like, a, he's like, I'm trying to do an interview here, guys. It's like we're professional on this podcast. <laughs> Paul, pick up our fucking skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> wow mom the meatloaf we want it now all right all right so let's, let's go back all right more lets right more lets you're important more lets more lets so they're they're coming from dallas world aquarium in texas but in florida <laughs> for all the people who are not familiar in florida any non-native species coming into the state you have to apply for uh, an import permit, whether it's a green tree python, a venomous reptile, crocodilian, or whatever. If it's, if it's non-native, it needs to have the Florida import permit. And then they're going to Paul yelling at everybody right now on mute. You just can't understand why this is even happening right now. Now, now real quick, if I, can, if I can pick your brain, because you do this a hell of a lot more than I do. Now, you're saying for all exotic animals in general, does that mean that if I buy a ball python as a consumer on Morph Market from Pennsylvania and they mail it to my house, does that mean that I had to file that license or only class three holders? No, that actually, um, if you are bringing in any non-native animal, is how it reads on the website, You, it's a, it's a no-cost permit. So you just have to fill right. out what it is, where it's coming from, the mode of transport, who's the transporter. Are you the transporter? Are you bringing it down? Your name. If somebody else is bringing it down, their name. If it's an animal that's venomous or crocodilia, they have to have a Florida permit for crocodilia or venomous to bring it down. Now, if it's a class three, like a ball python, they don't need to bring it down if you paid for it and it's coming down, but you would have to list the transporter. This is something you have to do. It's not made specifically clear and every inspector has their own interpretation of how this law is actually read. And I had no, not known of it for, for a long time until I did know of it. So now we're making sure we're filling out this. When we know an animal is coming in in advance, we're filling it out. Uh, Nick Gordon from the Abronia Alliance was down here and brought us some Abronia, Vance Gonzalozki. And we had to list those under the Florida import permit because I wanted to make, you know, especially with all the Bronia stuff going on, smuggled animals. I wanted a, a paper trail on those animals coming in that those were legitimate captive born coming in here. So just to cover my own ass for an animal that most people aren't even thinking about as far as regulations go. Um, but so for like the, the, the more let's crocodiles, I'm aware that, that they're coming in. 
I know how many specimens we're getting. So I pre-applied for the permit. You know, it, it took probably about a week. And I got the email back saying your Florida import permit for these species has been approved. And I listed the, the because they're coming air freight or whatever, you know, so I listed that, you know, the what, whatever airlines it's coming in on and and all of that stuff. So we're good to go. But the permit expires in 45 days. And in that case, you just refill out everything and then you do it again. Now, they don't, you know, there's not a lot of follow up after that. They don't call you up and say, hey, did you get those animals in? Did you reapply? It's just kind of like fill it out, put it in, bring it in. And if it goes past the date where, um, you know, it's expired and you don't have the animals yet, you just refill out the permit. And as long as you're good on every other end of stuff, they're going to approve the license. Yeah, and that that's actually that's really reassuring, and it's very cool to do the whole paper trail thing, and that's awesome. Um, my only thing is just to we, before you jumped on, we were talking about you know asinine regulations. So some kid who's you know sixteen on Instagram sees a tangerine leopard gecko, and says, "Mom, I really want to buy this. Can you buy it for me?" Mom says, "Sure. You've been a good kid. I'm going to get you a pet lizard," and she buys it from some guy on on morph market or king snake or the person's private website they never fill out anything and fedex drops it off at their house live live animal arrival right. now that person is 99.999 percent of the animal keepers in florida correct what happens there you know how long like like are they going to get in trouble well so 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 the answer is potentially um if, if, if for whatever reason that box is flagged now any animals coming into florida venomous or non have yeah, to be we're not labeled yeah, 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 yeah have to be labeled on the outside of the box that uh common and scientific name number of animals in the box let's say yeah. there's a, a box that comes in that's clearly some sort of animal there's no labeling on it and they have to open it up and see what it is oh it's a ball python or a leopard gecko going to this person oh did they did they file an import permit uh, oh, no, they didn't. If, if Fish and Wildlife wanted to take it to that level, they certainly could. Now, if they had a like a business with snakes or a hobby business, like in Florida, if you've got a bunch of ball pythons and you're breeding and selling, you need to have a class three to sell. And if you're trading, if you're trading animals, yeah. and a lot of people don't know this, and I'm talking to people that have these animals, they have no idea. If, if, if you and me, Phil, we're ball python breeders. We, we you know, we're like, we're rolling in the money and stuff and we're doing our of ball course, python thing. And, yeah, yeah. And we're and we're about to swap some snakes, but you you don't have a class three, yeah. but I do. I'm in violation of, of doing that transaction. You're in violation for not having the class three. I'm in violation for doing that transaction with you with knowing you don't have the class three. And right. and I, you could find your now I don't know how much hot water it's gonna be. Is it a slap on the wrist? I guess it depends on the it depends on it's the prosecutor. Yeah. Well, like, for example, there was a whole big thing down by me where Fish and Wildlife basically paid some kids. Uh, of course, it was a Tegu when they did it, but they paid some kids to be informants for Fish and Wildlife. And they gave them a five-foot Argentine black and white Tegu that was puppy dog tame. It was somebody's pet. And they said, here, we want you to go to this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop, and try and sell it to them. And say, and if they, and if they ask you, oh, do you have a class three permit? Say, no, I don't, and see what they do. And of the 15 or 16 places only like two or three bought it from them and those were shops that i don't know what happened to them i don't know if they got a slap on the wrist i don't know if they got shut down i have no idea but 
the majority of the people, at least in my neck of the woods, they were, you know, hip to it, so to speak. Kind of odd that these two kids they've never seen before, they're not regulars, they just automatically want to sell this big animal. The first inclination was, well, it's probably stolen. Let's try and get a scan for a microchip or something, you know, somebody's pet. And uh, I, I kind of, I understand the concept of it, but it's also kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Especially since people don't know the law because it's not published appropriately. Yeah, that's that that's tough. I mean, it's a lot of like we talked about with the import permits. Think about this. Like I said, pet stores are bringing all these non-native animals in and they're not filling those import permits out. There's no way, you know, so but but you're supposed to be doing it. And what are the odds that, you know, little Billy Smith's mom is going to get in trouble for bringing a leopard gecko in or a bearded dragon? Probably slim and none. Yeah, but not. it's still it's still technically there. And the ones yeah. that they're going to beat up are, are us, you know, and, and it's. Yeah. And I got actually got an interesting story about that that I just remembered right now. I had a acquaintance. I won't call him a friend, but an acquaintance who got his CSP when things were kosher and easy. Um, and he had a retic that he didn't want anymore. So he sold it to another CSP holder in Tampa. Um, it's a three hour drive. Neither one of the guys wanted to drive. So he's like, listen, I'll just pay for the shipping, throw in a FedEx box and ship it to me. We're both CSP holders. We're good to go. Right. The FedEx hub is in Tennessee. So somehow fish and wildlife found out that that box left South Florida, went to Tennessee and then re-entered Florida. So the guy in Tampa, he got slapped with the non-importation. And then the guy uh, in, by me in South Florida, he got both. He got non-importation because it was his FedEx purchase that brought it back into the state. And at the same time, uh, I guess there was something else involved. But just the fact that they were trying to do it legitimately and they still fucked them. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah. That's not semantics. surprising. That's semantics on a whole nother level. Yeah. I have yeah. another one. I got a friend, and, and I, I openly admitted to this to, to cover my ass, basically. Uh, I, w- I had a friend out of state where had Boyga where he was like, dude, I don't want the snake anymore. You want it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Send it to me. He sent it to me. Well, I got it as a gift. He, he just mailed it to me. Now, I'm okay to have Boyga in the state of Florida. I have a license for it. Fish and Wildlife said, hey, uh, you, have, you have this Boyga. Um, it wasn't on your list. You know what's up with that? Would you just buy it? I was like, no, my friend, out, my friend in PA just mailed it to me, and they were like, oh, well, where's your bill of sale? I said, I don't have a bill of sale. He gave it to me. He goes, we got to have a gift receipt. So mm-hmm. I, I get me and my friend, we swap snakes all the time. Get them You know what I mean? So like now, I have to have gift receipts for everything. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna do it because they asked me to do it. But like it's little things like that. That's like the sole purpose of that is to screw you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, yeah. and my my previous inspector had a different interpretation of it. That is, if it was shipped to you, that that you didn't need to have the importation uh, license, and if you were driving it into the state or if it was being driven in, it had to be. Which that's what he said. But if you read on the what the regs on myfwc.org. It says any non-native wildlife, you know, imported to Florida. It doesn't say the mode of, of transport, whether it's shipping or whatever. You have to have it. 
So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, and they, and they weren't really enforcing because every, every year we have to submit all of our uh, inventory and all that, you know, that you got to fill out all your stuff. And every year I would do that and I'd have no problems with inspections and all that. And I would say most of our collection, you know, and I'm going on, on a public thing saying that it doesn't have a, a Florida import permit to it because they were shipped out of state. But my investigator at that time was saying, um, if they're being shipped in, you don't you don't need that. So that that was, and they have the ability to make those kind of judgment calls, and it would ultimately fall back on them too, saying, hey, well, this is what my guy told me, and I was following what my guy told me, and and all that stuff. But now that I'm a little bit more aware, like like really, I feel like at this point, I'm a little bit more in the know on these laws than the actual agencies that are enforcing them. Because everybody's got a different uh, interpretation of the law. And the way that I interpret the law is, is common sense. How would a judge interpret this? And now I go with that. It's like, I'm not looking yeah. for a gray area. It's like cut and dry, black and white. What it, What is a judge going to say? And how are they? Oh, is this what it says? That's what it says. That's what you like it or not. If we want to keep doing it and stuff, we got to go by the book. And the, the and when we stop doing that, you know, it, it's just, it's already bad enough as it is. It's like, you know, it, it, we, we don't want to make it worse. And that goes back to all the, the free handling BS and all of that stuff. It's just like there was a, a no, not a law against texting and driving at one point. Then there was enough accidents where, where there had to be a law in texting and driving. That was a Paul quote, you know, when we were having a conversation a long time ago. So that's a really, really good point, you know. And now because of social media, YouTube and stuff, now people could see a lot more of regular people than we got to see in previous past. And so and, and Pia always says the empty barrels make the, the loudest noise. You know, a lot of these yeah. guys that have the biggest following are the ones that are hooting and hollering the most. And they're really not necessarily the shining star examples of, of, of who you should be following in this. And a lot of the people that you should be following re- really aren't out there because they just don't want to be a part of the BS. Like Kristen Wiley yeah. from Kentucky Reptiles and Jim Harrison. Kristen Wiley puts out a ton of content <laughs> all over every Venomous platform. You see them. They put it on there. It's very safe. It's very professional, and it's boring. And that, and that's, and that's why people. That's why, like Kristen and Jim, should have the views as some of these other guys, but they don't because it's non-sensationalized, and they're very professional. And when I was having dinner, with it was right after the 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 venomous herpetological symposium in Miami, and Rattlesnake Conservancy put on, and we went out to dinner. It was a fucking awesome dinner. It was Carl Barden, Mara. Um, uh, Ray, Ray Morgan, Jeff, Bob, um, and, and, and a few other people there. It was a really good crowd of people. Venom interviews, if you haven't seen it, literally the best documentary, documentary, document, documentary, document, that, that's how I'd say it if I was European docu- documentary, documentary, yeah, awesome. venomous reptile. It, 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 it touches on husbandry. It touches on handling. It touches on laws. It touches it, like it's literally the best thing of, for venomous that we've got right now. Anybody needs to watch that versus any of the sensationalistic I mean, handlers on YouTube and stuff. That that is the thing. This to is watch. the table of contents. I mean, it's it's like five hours long. Hour no longer than that. It's actually almost like six and, if you count the bonus stuff. And I've watched it all multiple times, including the bonus stuff. Yeah, it's, I need to watch it again. It, it's it's fantastic. But Jeff Fobb, when we were at that that dinner, he said 
He said, venomous reptile handling should be boring. That's how it should feel when you're doing it. And that's how I feel like it is when I'm working these animals because it's mundane from an enclosure to a holding can back to a thing. If you got to ship some stuff out into a you know, bag or whatever you got to do, but, but it's never dramatic. It's, you know, we had to do an ultrasound on a black mamba for, for eggs and stuff. And we put her in a U-plex and we did an ultrasound. It was, we did, we did a Patreon video on the whole thing. You know, you've seen Justin and, and, and it very smooth, very, um, very, very non-dramatic. It wasn't just, oh, the mamba wasn't flinging all over the place. It was, it was boring. And like Jeff said, venomous handling when done right should be boring. And when Kristen Wiley and those guys put out videos, it's like, oh, here's a cobra doing nothing. Here's this, like even Jim pinning stuff to extract from it. It's not dramatic. He's just going through the day-to-day -day routine. It's not sexy. It's not like, hey, look at me. Oh, look at this. Look what I can do. You know, it's not about them. It's about the bigger purpose. And for how much Kristen posts at all the social media platforms, they're not a fraction of the uh, 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 of the views and stuff that these other guys get. It's not the way it should be. But we always say, too, when we're doing our videos and stuff, we put all of our videos on Patreon because we want the people that are fans of what we're doing and that are professionals that want to see that, that we, we want them to come to us. We don't want to just put the stuff out public so people could critique and you have trollers and like people soon, oh, you know, you know, whatever and stuff like that. We made the Orinoco video public because we got those animals from Gladys Porter Zoo uh, and, and we wanted to give them a plug where everybody could see what was going on. So he made that one public, but the majority of the videos that we have, we're not trying to be YouTubers. We're just filming what we're doing. And if you want to come and check it out, that's great. If not, like, it's, it's not like we're trying to get rich, you know, showing off this stuff, you know? And, um, but, but, but proper handling, it's like, to me, I think it's like when you've got two snakes on a hook or you got a snake on two hooks and you're guiding it in out of an enclosure into a can, that skill, you know, when you have a snake in your hand, it's like, yeah, you can read their behaviors to some extent. Again, like you said, or, or, or Scott was saying earlier, it, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I've, I've had less than my admirable um, handling techniques back in, in the younger days and things like that. But, you know, it wasn't to glorify the handling. And it, well, yeah, I've done stupid. I think we all have. But it's like in this new era, where everybody's watching us if we really value keeping these animals and we value other people's ability to keep them just don't do that stuff on camera it's not helping anybody it's not yeah. helping your cause if you want to do that that's fine. <laughs> if it's not about your ego or how cool you are don't post it you could be just as cool doing proper techniques it's your personality that makes people drawn into you could still be funny you, you you know you could still be outgoing you could do all of that stuff um you just don't have to be reckless and and i always say on these forums when we're having these battles and stuff it's like nobody that's a true professional kristen wiley jim harrison terry phillip you know uh, doug hodel all these guys, they're not uh, Ray Morgan. These guys are not looking at those guys like they're at, like talented on what they do. They're not. They think they're fools. You know, I'll go to these conferences. And I have a lot of respect from these guys. It wasn't always like that. I've made my mistakes in the past as well. And I had to earn the respect of those guys. But I sure wouldn't have it if I had a YouTube flinging cobras around and, and doing that stuff. They would think I'm... Mean, they might be cordial to your face, but they, but they don't take you as a serious venomous professional. And 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 I think 
we also have to think about what the people next to like we're we're growing an open to the public facility and we've got we're in agricultural land but we've got neighbors next to us one of them's not a fan of snakes the other neighbor with kids she loves us and 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 they love what we're doing and they're very supportive of what we do and it's a matter of perception they've been over they see how we handle the animals and they they know these guys are safe that they're doing what they need to be to be serious our kids are not in danger with them having them this the other one won't want to come over and see what we've got she you know if i think they're all loose or something you know and you gotta <laughs> cater you gotta cater to the people next door to you she might see the the the, the these videos that the, the sensationalistic free handlers and go oh you guys must be doing that stuff next door to us you know it's like no we don't we don't handle stuff like that and 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 like it's amazing when you do outreach programs and you're at everybody is, that is not into reptiles when these, these people say oh it doesn't hurt anybody whatever the ignorant people that are not reptile people have no freaking clue about any of this stuff and all they it exactly. takes is a couple of time of them seeing this stuff where they don't want those people in their area and 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 um you know it's like whether you handle yeah. them pro appropriately or not they don't you, they don't want them there you know so but if you could show that you're handling them professionally oh we stock our own anti-venom we have protocols we're inspected multiple times a year by fish and wildlife they go oh these guys are really on top of their game i i feel a little bit better about those guys but if you meet us and we're just like oh whatever bro like check out my cobra you know they're gonna be like no those guys are not who we want around you know and we just got to think about the bigger picture it's not just about you it's you know if you really love this stuff i mean i know i've i've had my fair share of, of problems like when i grew up in las vegas nevada where i got my experience catching native venomous species and it was legal to keep ven native venomous species in nevada uh, yeah native venomous species in nevada but exotics were not i grew up king snake just hit the scene I was able to get my hands on exotic venomous animals. It was in Vegas, you could do all kinds of things legally. Keeping venomous reptiles is one of the very few things in Vegas that are not allowed. And I went the better part from 11, uh, about 13 years old when I got my first exotic venomous, a pair of white lip vipers, to uh, about 20 years old where I got busted. Um, it was, you know, I had an amazing collection and I was just, uh, infatuated with these animals, but it was illegal in my state to have the animals that I like. I had a family that I always jokingly say they had the best parents or the most, you know, the worst parents in the world because they allowed me to keep that stuff because they saw I had a fascination with it. I don't think they realized that on, 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 on how extreme the legalities were, but they saw yeah, it. You know, because <laughs> you know, I had... I had I had been keeping non-venomous for for years and breeding certain things and whatever. I had hooks and books and like I was always reading about venomous animals and I always thought the difference between venomous reptiles like I re reference it to fish, tropical fish, freshwater fish. You get your feet wet, you learn how to keep, you learn all the basic husbandry. Then you moved into the tropical saltwater fish, more alluring. Had a had a different um, uh, aura about the venomous. Yeah, the venomous reptiles were the saltwater fish for me. I was always attracted to them. It wasn't about the venom. It wasn't how deadly they were. It was about the animals themselves. And there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing it, right? Like, And it was before MySpace and Facebook and stuff. King Snake was <clears throat> Fauna was out there. So I, I made a couple contacts, and I was able to get stuff, right? 
How I ended up getting caught is somebody in another state, South Carolina, who received a, a few animals that were allegedly brought in from Europe and captive-born Gila monsters, ridge-nosed rattlesnakes, and twin-spot rattlesnakes, um, got busted because he posted a picture of a twin-spot on Kingsnake. It had turquoise paint on the rattle, and the, allegedly the person that sold these snakes to the guy that got busted for posting them said that they marked the tails for, for sexes. You know, males had a certain color, females had a... It, it could have been a valid thing to say, I guess, you know? Um, but really, it was uh, an animal that was poached out of the Chiricahua Mountains that was a study animal. And and it, the paint on the rattle was a sequence of paint from a researcher. Well, the guy who got it didn't know that, posted the picture on King Snake with the paint on the rattle. Allegedly, the researcher just happened to stumble across that ad, that snake, his snake, his study animal, fish and wildlife. U.S. Fish and Wildlife is notified they go and raid him ignorance is no excuse for the law um he didn't know and um we had done business uh, even though it was in another state and it was illegal for me to have done that but you know how that works and i was able to get some snakes and from him and and but he didn't directly ship them to me somebody else did and um but i had emails exchanged in his computer well when he got busted he got they, they take the computer they go, they decipher all the emails. That's how they found me. So I got busted in Vegas, 2006, 2007, got three, three, I got three counts of the Lacey Act. All right. So this is what I was facing. Three felony counts of the Lacey Act for the illegal importation, sale, possession um, of, uh, you know, and, and trading and what have you of prohibited wildlife uh, in that state. And each count was uh, up to five years in prison and $250,000 per, per count. So three counts, $750,000 in fines and 15 years in prison potentially for the maximum sentence of the Lacey Act. Well, that's if I was prosecuted under the full extent of the Lacey Act, which they didn't. And they brought it down to misdemeanors. So fortunately, I didn't have that over my head. And um, brought brought it down to um, you know I, I had to get arrested to pro to process me and all that stuff. And the thing was when I went to when they I, I got a knock on the door after the raid. So my I wasn't there for the raid. I was I was actually at a friend's house spending the night. This is when I was 20 years old, right? You know, I, still living with the, my parents. But at, at really back then, like kids lived to with their parents like 35 now. So that's still relatively young, right? And um, you know, so I was 20 years old. And, you know, I was I was putting in zoo applications because I really just wanted to get into a zoo. I was keeping these animals. I was looking for a state where it was legal for me to get out, making enough money to move out. I wasn't planning to keep these things illegally forever. I was trying to get out and I just, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't get out in time. But I'm actually happy to things that how it happened, because the way that life hasn't unfolded since then has benefited me much more and I'm a mu much more knowledgeable person and would do do things a lot differently now because of what happened met Pia because of it and every other thing that has happened has been because of this and it really let me let the fire under my ass to become a professional because I was a fuck up I was a fuck up in Las Vegas you know, even though I had a passion for these animals and these are laws created by people that don't even like these animals or even understand it. But in the general public's eyes, I was a fuck up. And when I got busted, man, I had everybody on these forums telling me I was the reason 
that this shit happens, right? Just like I say to everybody else, you, you know, this is what's going to happen if you guys don't stop. It happened to me. I was the fuck up. I was the guy that was the reference of don't be a loser like this guy. Well, after 10 years of, of, of working through that and moving to Florida, getting my foot in the door with, with multiple institutions and able to build that reputation back up, it took a long time. And I could have just been, if I wasn't serious about it, I could have said, ah, screw it. You know, I'll just go do something else. But I, I really want, this is all I wanted to do. I just did it in the wrong place. But it's no different than what could happen everywhere else in the country or the world, you know, um, how, how this happened with, with that. And, you know, it's it's just like it, it, a lot of the stuff that I say is through experience of what happened to me, you right. know, whether it whether it's a free handling because because I wasn't on social. There was no social media. Like I got caught like pretty much the legitimate way. Like it, they had to investigate me to figure out what, what had happened. I didn't have a mistake. <laughs> I didn't have an accident or anything like that. You know, I didn't even know what was happened. My parents called me up. I couldn't believe that phone call. Cody, don't come home. The house was raided this morning by U.S. Fish and Wildlife. They shut the whole neighborhood down. They had bulletproof vests on. There were people with guns in the backyard. Like it was a full, by operation. So they have, they give you a file name. Operation Slither. That was the name of they my... They couldn't have come up with something cooler? Dude, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, though. Operation Slither. I mean, like, I am a... Tell me that was your Xbox name. Tell me that was your Xbox stream. <laughs> no, <name>. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, I, I actually wanted to call when we... Cody when doesn't we have a TV. How would he have an Xbox? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd play it on my phone. But like I, I literally, um, I was a before terrestrial and arboreal. Before we made that company name, I was, I was telling people, I was like, we should name our business Operation Slither. And she was like, she's like, no, that's stupid. Like, are we gonna be at a show like wearing bulletproof vests, like being all, like that's our uniform, looking all like SWAT and stuff? And she made me feel pretty lame about it. So I was like, I thought it was cool, but I guess it wasn't that cool. But you, you know, but it was a big deal, man. And 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 the and the minimum penalty I got you, you heard the maximum penalty. I had to pay a ten thousand dollar fine for that. I had to pay ten thousand dollars. I had six months of house arrest. I was on probation for five years without being able to keep a venomous reptile in my private collection unless I was employed by a zoological facility um, working with them. And that was the inspiration to get get off my ass and do it. And, I agree on that one, Scott. We we should make T-shirts to benefit the RPI Operation Slither. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's these things that like, and this was this was uh, this was in two thousand and seven. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's Samson Pruitt is the owner of Slither Inc. <laughs> That's funny, but but yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is like it happens. That was that was in 2007 that that happened. You know, it's like here we are in 2021. Laws are stricter. Social media is everywhere, and these guys, they, their job is to create more regulations to enforce, so that pays their bills. We need to not give them more reasons to do that. Like that's that's you know that's all I'm saying. Like you know, it's like if you want to do that stuff behind closed doors, you know. Yeah, like I've definitely, like I said, I've, I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely done some things that I wouldn't suggest for other people to do. I don't, I don't do them now. They're dumb. They're dumb things. It wasn't to be sensationalistic. It was, it was literally, you're a dumb idiot thinking, hey, 
I bet I can do this or let this thing crawl across my hand and it won't be a big deal, you know? And, and, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you lose a finger. Sometimes you lose a life. Sometimes you could create more re- legislation. And it's just, it's just not worth it. Think about other people in the bigger picture. Um, you know, it is about the bigger picture. And, and don't be so selfish to think that it's not, you know, or a venomous bite only affects you. It doesn't. It, it, there, there's a giant chain of, of shit that happens uh, when somebody gets bit. If you're not keeping your own anti-venom. Now, listen. If you're a free handler and you keep your, you have a stocked shelf of anti-venom, hey, you know what? Then it is on you and it just affects you. And maybe your family's going to be sad or something if you die from it. But if you're not depleting anti-venom resources or you're not waking up a zoo person in the middle of the night because of something dumb you were doing and you have a stocked shelf, hey, that's on you. you at least you're being professional in that regard. If you feel that strongly that you need to handle these things, you should feel that strongly about stopping your own anti-serum and not the what ifs when it happens. Like Kristen, or not Kristen Wiley, but um, uh, Leslie Boyer says in the Venom interviews, what ifs happen? What ifs happen? And they usually happen at like two o'clock in the morning, you know, when everybody's asleep and they're not going to get that phone call for anti-venom. So it's like, if you're going to do dumb stuff, at least stock your own anti-venom or have a plan um, or at least freehandle native stuff. But here's the here's the here's the thing. Even native stuff. Okay, so you free handle something native, and you take a, a bite from something, and you use up the hospital supply of, of profab, and then a little girl comes in from a snake bite, and guess what? All of the anti venom has been wasted because of some idiot doing something stupid. Where this little girl got bit playing in her backyard. You know, it's it, it's definitely yeah. something that affects other people. It goes down the line. So. You know, it, it is what it is. But like with, with my whole bus, like I was I was able to pull ahead of it. I did my time. I worked my way up. I put it behind me. I'm not proud of it. Um, I, I would say I'm not uh, like not ashamed of it. I'm not proud of it. But it's like it did define who I was. It made me a better person ultimately. And and I'll, I'll tell you what, all these guys, all these professional do people back in the day, you know, a, a lot of them knew that or a few of them knew what I was doing and, and that I had stuff that was illegal and, and they, they were, they were obviously not supportive of of it, but they told me instead of like going narking me out or turning me in or whatever, they told me things to do to be better or safer and, and, and things like that. But, you know, suggested to get out and, and do something better than what I was doing. And I, and I had a full plan to do that. Now here we are in Florida, all of our permits, um, you know, and 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 are very much under the watchful eye of law enforcement. But we're in a place, you know, everybody says, too, I, I saw a comment earlier, like, oh, just move to Texas, but where it's a free-for-all. The problem with a free-for-all is, at least in Florida, it's a little bit of a bitch here, but there's a process, and it's a lot harder for them to do an all-out ban because there's enough of us permit holders out here, and there's mm-hmm. enough of a process and a, and a law enforcement agency that, is accustomed to this process built over decades of enforcing it in, in in a place like Texas without real stringent regulations. Not that I'm a fan of stringent regulations, but the second somebody has a, a bite of a escape or something like that, it's a lot easier for legislation to say, "Hey, let's just put an all-out band on it," than make a, a like a more um, you know processed regulation like Florida. It's easier, like Pennsylvania, hey, somebody got bit, escaped snake, let's just ban them. Let's just ban them. 
here in Florida, if they try it, we have enough people that are stakeholders in the permit process that will fight it and they may make stronger regulations, but they're not going to ban it. So, so I'm a fan of Florida's regulations. I think that there are areas of improvement, like the, the thousand hours per family. I don't think you need to, should have a thousand hours of heloderma and elapids. They're not in the same category that needs to be redone. I think something like, like, so Phil, think about this. Okay, for, for, for native venomous. In Arizona, you just need a hunting license, right, to have native venomous. Here, you have to have the whole gamut, thousand hours of venomous, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, so what if they did not, not a hunting license, but a real venomous permit in Florida, but a native venomous permit? So, you, so you, let's say you pay 50 bucks for it, like the class three. You have the yeah. same inspections. Fish and Wildlife comes and inspects the cages for a year. You, you do all that stuff, no escapes, no bites or whatever. You're uh, uh, accruing uh, your thousand hours of viperidae. So through through the native stuff, no incidences for a year or two with native. Then they issue an exotic, uh, you know, pit viper or whatever. You know, so that way people can at least get native stuff because I don't think it should be on the same tier. But maybe a surrogate in a way to get into venomous where people don't necessarily have to go mentor because a lot of these animals, like if you could work a pygmy or an Eastern diamondback, you could probably handle most of the viparid species out there. You know what I'm saying? So if, 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 if fish and wildlife is inspecting you and you are, you're filing all the paperwork you need to, and everything is good, you know, maybe that could be a different alternative. This is all stuff that needs to be talked about down the road. For heloderma, yeah. let's say let's say a hundred hours, fifty hours, or whatever, or a weekend course of somebody who who can show you how to keep your fingers out of a heloderma's mouth, and 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 that's that's a different animal than a cobra. It shouldn't have yeah. the same thing. So there are definitely some things that need to be reassessed. But I think as a whole, our our program is not a bad one. It could use some work. But I think we're okay. I just don't want to see it get worse, man. And and that's another reason that's why we're going. Happen. That's what's going to happen. It's you give them an inch and they take a mile. And that's what yeah. happened with thousand hours per category. It was the rumor is the guy who wrote the laws was actually an animal guy, and he broke it down from being a thousand hours for everything to a hundred hours for each category. And then what happened was somebody fat fingered it and added an extra zero, and the legislation was like, "Oh, well, I keep it. It's going to make it harder. Keep it." So the, your whole thing about doing a native thing, I think it's a great idea. The problem is, is you're going to get a lot of good old boys aren't going to take it seriously. We're going to have a ton of native venomous, and then they're either going to get more bites, they're going to have more issues, they're going to have more incidences, and, and this is just me being pragmatic about it. And the problem is with what you're saying is, I totally agree. With you. 50 60 percent of the exotic viparidae you could handle very very similar to florida's native viparidae however they're just going to get a pygmy rattlesnake that's this freaking big and they're going to work with it and work with it and work with it and they're going to accrue, accrue hours accrue hours accrue hours then the minute they get their license wham they're going to get a puff adder not the same so like i have my own personal thoughts on that regard right. but i agree with you that that it can be evolved, it can be expanded on, it can be more diverse. But the problem is, is that they're not going to look at it like that. And that's just me. Maybe I'm a Debbie Downer, but I'm being more pragmatic about it in the sense of you, we've given them inches and they're taking miles. You know, this, this new thing with Terrapins is horrible. And 
you're, you're, you're restricting a species that doesn't even need to be restricted. Yes, there are isolated pockets that are in federally protected or state protected lands. But the problem is, is if I get paperwork saying that the thing flew from Philly and you know what? It did. And I have a box in the shipping thing and they want to open the box upon arrival. Sure, go for it. But how are you going to restrict me from that? You know what I mean? I didn't catch it in my backyard. They're not even fucking native down here. So, like, that's that's the problem. The whole iguana thing, you know what that came about, right? The rumor is that the woman who spearheaded it had them shitting on her dock, and she didn't like it. Give an inch, take a mile. You know, they banned yeah. yellow, anac- yellow anacondas were the gateway for them to take it all because they basically said, hey, we're thinking about banning yellow anacondas because if they got loose, it would be real, real bad. It would be worse than the berms because they're highly aquatic, blah, blah, blah. And everyone in Florida said, yeah, who cares? Nobody keeps yellow anacondas anyway. They're boring. They're mean, whatever. They poop, whatever. And so they let it happen. And they were like, oh, now we have an actual band list because you don't don't forget, for years there was a rumor. That's just the foundation. Right. It was a it was a rumor for years that sea snakes were banned in Florida. And you know what? People believed it and no one ever tried to keep a sea snake. Now, keeping sea snakes is a fucking pain in the ass. That's why nobody keeps them. At the same time, you remember a couple of years ago, they added it to the friggin' venomous list on accident? Well, guess who applied for it? And then I got a phone call from a lady in Tallahassee saying, Um, Mr. Wolf, do you possess hydrophilidae? No, but I'd like to. Um, I, I put in for it, you know, pending on my application. Oh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, sir, um, those animals are banned in Florida. I said, really? I'd really appreciate if you email me the statutes. Never got an email. Sent another email. Hey, I was supposed to get statutes on what was banned in terms of sea snakes and lapids and blah, blah. Oh, please click this link and find them yourself. Guess what? They're not there. Now they are for 2021. Probably my fault. But you know what? I had to ask. I had to go through it. Because that yellow anaconda, that one yellow anaconda, that one species that nobody cared about, nobody kept them, was the gateway to just take it all. Yeah. So, on a lighter note, my tinfoil hat. Well, you know what? But on a lighter note, I'm stealing Austin Warwick's idea. When you do get the cataphractus, we need to have the fucking cataphractus wine mixer. (laughs) Oh, we cataphractus wine mixer. I love it. We could definitely we could definitely do that. I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Yeah, they're yeah. they're coming down here. Bruce Bruce Schwedek is bringing them down here. Are you guys familiar with Bruce Schwedek? Um, nope. he, he's 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 big into the crocodilian world. Um, he's a private individual. He's got a facility out here in Florida. He's he's a really well known again uh, amongst the crocodilian uh, zoo world. You know, and all the biologists and stuff. He's one of the few private people that are really held in, in high regards of the, the zoo people and, and all the crocs and stuff. And he's been around for forever. And um, these animals are actually currently at uh, um, Baltimore Zoo, I think, Maryland Zoo. They're at Maryland Zoo. And they're, they're owned by Bruce. And um, I guess I guess they're, they're doing something with the enclosure. The animals have outgrown the enclosure or something like that. And because um, I was just texting with Bruce saying, hey, we're, we're building some croc enclosures for some adult animals and stuff. We, we like the exhibits and stuff. You know, I know you've got you've got the ties and and, um, you know, maybe, you know, uh, and some animals that need to be placed or whatnot. So we're, we're open ears. And he goes, actually, I do have some. And uh, among those are these adult paracataphractus that are um, 
reportedly un- unre- unrelated wild animals at one point. Um, they're very they're very valuable for the SSP, so which uh, for zoos is the species survival plan. A lot of these endangered animals and stuff, uh, you know, have an SSP, uh, you know, uh, governing genetics and and what breeds to what and whatever. So they're very valuable among zoos, and I'm just very honored that Bruce would, would entrust us to place those animals here on a breeding slash uh, exhibit loan. And and if we bred them, they, these animals would stay within the zoo world and stuff. Maybe potentially reintroduced back out into the wild. Who who, who knows? Um, Matt Shirley, Doctor Matt Shirley, has cataloged pretty much all of the cataphractus that are in captive collections, at least in the U.S. And um, you know, so so he would dictate whether would, that would be something that would happen, or if they're just animals that would stay within certain zoos and stuff like that that are approved to breed to certain individuals so they have good genetics to potentially do that um there you go there's some cataphractus there um and and uh they're just one of my you know like i i I spent a few years working with the adult pair at the alligator farm that produced a few times um my first my first year there in 2010 um they hatched them out i i i just got hired on there so i couldn't take any credit for the hatching or anything other than is it ironic that i started at the farm and the cataphractus hatched i'll leave that up to you guys to decide um but i was fortunate enough to work with the adults and lots of babies they're very very cool um, you know, not very known about crocodilian, you know, unless you're in the crocodilian world or really are into these kind of crocs. Um, so the male that we're get that is coming in is uh, around 10 feet, I'm told, and the female is about eight feet. So we're pretty, uh, that looks like a picture at the Abidjan Zoo, uh, of the one sliding into the water there on that, on that brick wall that was there. Um, but uh, yeah, one of my personal favorites. Really, really like him. So it's an honor that that Bruce would entrust us with this. So we're in the process of, of building the enclosures for these animals now, um, and and multiple enclosures past that that are just going to remain empty. Um, where we really, as far as crocs that we're receiving, we really want them to be from other zoological facilities. We're not looking like to, to buy stuff or to add to the collection. Uh, that like the Morletti that are coming from Dallas World Aquarium in, in the next, you know, pretty soon. I don't know. I got an email from them today. They're a little behind, but um, we're getting six Morletti from them. And they're running out of room there. And they're, they're two-year-olds and they're getting too big. And, and, and um, you know, they, they called us up and they said, hey, you know, I've got, I've got relationships with Louise Ziegler, who's there, is very well known in the crocodilian world. And, and their keeper is Dan Navarro, who's, uh, who's one of their main guys there, too, um, and working with those guys. And, and they said, hey, you know, uh, if you could take them, you don't you don't you're not obligated to, but it would really help us out a lot. And we know that Morletti are, are, are a pretty common crocodile within, you know, private sector hands and stuff like that. But but here's the thing. And they're coming from a zoo and we're we're helping them out by taking them. And that's really like space wise and stuff. And that's how we really want to do it. Like the cataphract is coming from, from Maryland zoo or if the, you know, the alligator farm who is just an hour down the road from us, if they need extra holding space for something else and they say, Hey, could you guys take these animals? We will, we will, we will gladly help them. We love crocodilians. So we're happy to work with them, whatever they need placing. It's a good story. It keeps us um, tied to the other zoos out there. 
and um, you know we're we're not getting these animals to breed them and try to try to sell babies or anything like that. We really just want to do good for right by the animal education outreach stuff. Obviously, promote awareness of them, but but also help hold animals for zoos and hey if we could participate in something like the cataphractus that are born like if, if we're lucky enough to do that and some animals that are here end up making it back to the wild at some point i know that's like the long goal that everybody says oh if we could if we could send them back to the wild and there's so much paperwork and bs that has to happen when that happens but hey if it happens great but but honestly you know just being tied to professional facilities um, is, is, is good and, and working with Crocs regardless of what they are. You can't be elitist and you can't go, oh, it's just the Morlets, man. It's like, dude, Morlets are cool. They're, they're cool. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, people have made them, oh, it's just the Morlets, you know, because you could go get them at, at, at South Carolina show or somewhere at Texas. But here's the thing, man. These little Morlets that are 12 inches when, when people get them at these reptile shows, once they hit three feet, man, that's a dangerous animal. That's going to open you up, take a finger, give you stitches. And once they hit four or five feet, that's an animal that takes – you need to have – like there are people that could learn on their own without a mentor and stuff. I certainly did with Venomous in Vegas. Now, I had a lot of mentors. Maybe they didn't know it. I was admiring from afar and taking notes and learned how to do it on my own through trial and error. But it would have been a lot better – if I could have started where Paul started and, you know, like the whole, the whole, you know, adage, the, the, you know, the, the best, the best first venomous is someone else's kind of thing. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that is a good thing. And, and Paul got to learn that way for sure. And it, and it's good because he gets to learn all the behaviors and this and don't do that. That animal doesn't like this, uh, you know, and, and all the intricacies there with Crocs. Man, I think it's especially important. That's a smart animal watching your every move, you know, and you really, I feel so fortunate to have spent the time that I did at St. Augustine Alligator Farm because I would be so oblivious to crocodilia, husbandry, captive management, and all that stuff without them. And after being there, I just see these like morelets and stuff in other people's collections where I'm just like, man, you guys are just unprepared for this animal when it's four feet. It's a, it, it, you know, because when they're this big, you could keep them in a 10 gallon. No big deal. When they're that big and that big and that big, it's a, you know, then how you approach the animal in the enclosure when they come flying out. I hate on Instagram when I see these things with like somebody hanging out with a smooth front caiman on their pillow in their bed and they're like, oh, it likes it. I'm like, that's a fucking dinosaur on your bed. And it just because it's not attacking you. Yeah, these animals can be conditioned and they could be whatever. But you know what I like? I like a crocodile that acts like a crocodile and learning how to interact and work that animal as a crocodile, not as a puppy. The same way I learned Komodos at the alligator farm as I work with Komodos that actually acted like Komodos, not these big puppy dogs you could rub all over the face. Like these animals would, would send you to the hospital if you messed around with them. So I got to really learn what a Komodo was, not under the misleading, oh, it's a Komodo. Let's just play with this big puppy dog. So I feel the same way about crocodilians. I know you can condition them to be like that, I just don't trust it. I don't have the time to, to make a puppy dog tame alligator. I don't want a puppy dog tame alligator because the one that's going to kill me that I know is going to bite my arm off is probably the one that I'm going to be the safest around where I'm not going to, to take a, a risk around where the animal that I play with 
is the one that I'm probably going to lose my arm to is because I trust it a little too much. So I would just prefer to work every same with crocodile monitors, the liberties that people take with croc monitors and stuff. I Dude, mean, I've worked with plenty that's of insane. Seeing Crutchfield's bite, man. Holy crap. See yeah. anyone. If you've ever seen a bite from a croc monitor, I don't care if the lizard was six inches long. Like, and Ryan Cox always breaks my balls about it too, because there's very, very few things I'm legitimately afraid of in this world. And I know that sounds cocky, but like, for example, animals in Florida, I'm not afraid of any animal in Florida because I've learned what's, what's going on. I've educated myself to that, but Except for croc monitors freak me, me out, man. So if you... I don't. I'm not sure what show it was, but Ron St. Pierre was on a podcast, and he talked about the first time he hatched croc monitors out, and he said he was so excited he retched into the egg box and just grabbed the lizard out, and it bit him, and he said it ripped through him like a knife going through butter. He said he was so shocked that that small little lizard had teeth that were just insane. Fresh out of the air. Yeah. But hey, guys! Alas, it's quarter after eleven. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I got to work in the morning. Um, yeah, just, 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 just a quick touchback on what we started with. It's not that I, I despise or or hate anybody or blah blah blah. I just hate the fact that so many people are willing to jeopardize the industry that that we love, that I love. And they just don't care about it. That irks me more than anything. So if, if people feel that, you know, and, and I'll say, listen, Tyler, uh, T- Tyler's the one that messaged me. Um, if he wants to talk, I got no problem talking to him. You know, I, I just wish that, that these guys would take the opportunity to just take a step back and look at the big picture. That's all. If, if, if they did that, we would all be further along and they could still do that stuff off to the side on their own. It, it is what it is. You know, you can't, you can't fix anybody from doing something that you, you don't want them to do. They're, they're going to continue to do it. Tyler made a point on Instagram, my snakes, my choice, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. You know, go, go ahead and do it. I just ask that people be smarter than, you know, a rock. So, all right, there you have it. <laughs> Episode fifty-nine. What are we gonna do for sixty? I don't know. I feel like it should be something good. Everyone it's celebrates good. their sixtieth birthday. We'll uh, yeah. we'll come back. Uh, we'll come back on with a few more people and really have this out. Maybe I could convince Terry Phillip or somebody to come on too. <laughs> yeah, man. We I've, I've tried to be very cool. get Terry Terry on the Contracast before, and he's just he's he's a private guy. You know, he likes to just stay. That, in his, that's the in that's his, the thing. He's he's in very, the gardens, and that's cool. I don't have any problems with it. You know, <laughs> I could work. Yeah, I could work. I could, I could, I could, I could try to work on it. I know that he's not a big fan of going on podcasts and stuff. And the two that he went on the Reptile Radio podcast back in the day and Morelia Python Radio were some of the best. I mean, I probably listen like Terry. Terry Phillip is a friend, a mentor, and just like one of one of my favorite people of all times. You know, I, I really just value his opinions on stuff. He's very, 
very common sense, very matter of fact. And I just, uh, I just really enjoy his perspective. Um, and I listen to those shows probably, you know, 20 times each easy, you know, two and a half hours or whatever. And, you know, he's just not, and they were some of the most listened to by the, the general public too. Um, but he's just not a big, you know, he doesn't like going on things. He won't go on like a lot of these YouTubers yeah. stuff because he, you know, because of how that they'll spin it and stuff. You know, if, if I talk to him and say, listen, you know, uh, these guys aren't 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 like that, you know, and it would just be a casual talking of stuff. You know, he, he may definitely do it, but but there's no promises there. But uh, but yeah, so well, the door is always fun. open to him. So if if he ever decides to, yeah. we will 100 percent have him on any show. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and tell him that if, if he wants to go through questions first and kind of get an idea of what we plan on talking about, because like I know Justin's questions are going to be drastically different than my questions um, from just two different snake avenues, you know? And just yeah. if he wants to go over that kind of stuff and put his mind at ease, then we're, we're totally down for it because, I mean, he's a he's a role model to us, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's definitely not going to be that show. It's going to be, wow, we get to have a role model on, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think... I think that's what a lot of people need to see. A lot of these professionals that have made a living in professional zoology and herpetology and stuff that are like, that have, have been kind of behind the scenes for this long, but are actually making a living doing like They've been paying their bills for decades being, you know, doing, doing this stuff. And it's, yeah. it's real cool insight to listen to what these guys have to say before all the flashy stuff that you see on YouTube. Now, everybody's an expert. You know, I can't listen to half the things that are out anymore because it's just a regurgitation of all the same old stuff. You know, I just kind of get bored and then I just, I'm like, oh, somebody read this somewhere else and they're turning around and, 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 and making it as a matter of fact when they don't have any experience in the matter and stuff. Or people arguing with me that like sterile keeping of a green tree python is better than a bioactive setup that, that's done by somebody who knows how to do by I'm like, if you don't know how to do it, you could fuck the animal up doing it. But if you, if you know how to do it, man, some of these chondros that are in zoos are 30 years old and they're still living and they're in natural habitats with UV and all this stuff. Can you... uh -oh. oh, we lost them. All right. Well, it was it was nice. So I was on the the fifteen minutes of lame with um, Scott. I, I believe I voted for you. Yes, uh, with Chris Eden, and it's funny that our group chat with all of us they're talking about NIDO testing, and uh, Corey just said that they listen to the THP podcast. So excellent. Good they're good stuff, people. Man. They're good people. Well, so. if Cody gets to listen to this, we appreciate him coming along very much. And, of course, Paul, you're always awesome. Love you guys. Yeah, buddy. Miss no, homo. Definitely. Yeah, we all got to get together. Even if even if there's no carpet fest or anything, we should we should definitely all get together for something. So, yeah, I mean, you're not that we, far we from me. I think Orlando is yeah. five or six hours from me. He and Cody are only like three. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, we can do something um, – if we all did something here, we got the pool. We're right near Wild Florida. You know, we can we can make a, a weekend out of it. What's that? I've, I've never been to St. Augustine Alger Farm, and yeah. like, really, I have so many friends. I've never been. I have so many friends that Dude, either work we gotta there. Dude, we got to go. Yeah, that would be, be a cool trip. 
Yeah. We all get together. It's been, a, it's sure. been, I mean, it's been a super long time since I've been there. Like, I mean, I'm talking like. I was just there in October. Two years. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, been a hot minute. It was just there yeah. in October for Cracktoberfest. Yeah. And they're, they're the only place in the world that has every species, right? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't believe they're the only place now. You okay. have to ask Maybe. Cody, but they're they're the they were at one point. Yeah. 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 They do have everything. So, but all right, boys, we'll see you guys later. It was great to be on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Episode 59, Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. THP is coming back Thursday, pending your schedule. So I don't know what we're going to plan. I don't know if we should do like a one-on-one, talk about what we got going on for the year, what the plan is, or, uh, you know ease our way back into the regular schedule oh. your regular scheduled program that's right i actually uh, got uh so i got a new macbook i saw that I got are you using button. it no not right now because this, no. i'm outside and this is a bigger screen and i know it works so i wasn't about to like start fiddling with stuff you know <laughs> um but i got a new macbook got a new iphone got a microphone coming uh, a lapel yeah, mic still, coming. I still have to send this to you. I've not forgotten about it. Okay. So. No worries, man. And, uh, and yeah, we're, it, things are going to be good, man. Internet avoiding the post office. So it's fine. I don't blame you. Yeah. And for anyone who does want to get those venomous etiquette videos, go check it out. There's a 12 second bullshit clip on there. Just to, With the kinkajou. It's not a kinkajou. <laughs> it's not a, it's a slow Lord for Christ's sake. Same thing. A little tree red. Very few people thing. in this world, very few people in this world have said, have been able to say, and I'm going to sound cocky, have been able to say that they have interacted with, on a personal level, a fully intact slow loris. This guy. Whatevs. Yeah, raffle, snakes yeah. and stogies raffle. I showed all the all the goodies at the beginning of the episode, so if you're watching yeah. this, go back and check it out. There's yep. a couple couple slots left. I'm about to open it up uh, in the next couple of days to people who want double slots instead of just singles. So sure, get in where you fit in. Yeah, and uh, Cody apologizes; his phone died. We appreciate you having coming on, Cody. We love you, and uh, and Scott, thanks for coming on too, man. You Absolutely. are a fucking Every real time. Mom. Yeah. Every time. Like, and it's, it, dude, we, always, we always say it is how this is the only hobby or community. It's a community. It's the only community where you can meet heroes and they're typically not douches like actors, you know, uh, or movie stars or musicians or whatever. They're, but they're attainable. They're, they're reachable. They're attainable. You talk to them. They're right they're there. Yeah. And, and we can communicate, you know, and that's, that's awesome. You know, I fangirl over Scott and it makes him happy and then it gives him a big head and then he makes fun of me and then I regret it. <laughs> then Nipper gets jealous. And then Nipper gets jealous and then Nipper calls me a skirt wearing <laughs> A cock wobble or whatever it was that he said in the Whatever uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. Clayton said recommend and, a cigar. Off the top of your head. First thing you recommend. Right now. Nova Three, two, one, go. Nova Platinum. How did I know you nope. say Nova? Those are good. Nova Platinum. I do I do enjoy those. Dude, I've only got um, two left. I'm like, COVID, I gotta go get more. I yeah. recommended a bunch of Perdomo Habano Connecticut's today. 
because that is just for people looking for something nice, like mild to medium, yeah. but creamy and just delicious. Those yeah. are fantastic. I almost, I almost smoked a Cuban uh, uh, Habano uh, Padron, and I was like, "No, man, gotta get that Jericho in. Haven't had one in a while." So Nova Platinum. Yeah, Nova Platinum. Yeah. I have had a and handful really from Phil, and they good. are good. Yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoyed them. I was very impressed with them. So, yeah, if you like a if you like a Liga Bravada number nine, you will definitely like the Nova Platinum. So, and yeah, yes, creamy and delicious, Clayton. Very much so. Perdomo Habano, Connecticut. There's just like a there are handful of different sizes to choose from, and their price rate price is right. I think the Toros are at like eight fifty a piece for me. You know, here so. And if anybody who should... is not getting on the raffle, I definitely highly recommend that Calibra cutter. Justin got me one, and it is the best cutter I've used for you a cast. Send Thomas some Novas. Thomas has never heard of them. All right, they're coming your way, Bubba. Most definitely. All right. Thank you for watching, listening, partaking, participating. See you in a couple days. Later. Bye.